we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. I am your host, Jeff Vance. Tonight, or today's episode is with Ryan Nordahl. He is the owner-operator of Epic Whitetail Habitats. Now, he has been a long-time guest on the podcast. I think this is his fifth or sixth time. So the nice thing is anytime he ever comes on here, we're always learning about something new. And prior to our conversation, before I hit record, we were discussing how he wants to break down his upcoming year and such, but also different key points that uh, he wants to touch uh, base on based off of our current conversation here. But man, uh, how you been, Ryan? I have been very excellent. How about you, Jeff? Oh, I've been doing fantastic. You bet. Got a new smoker and I've been I used it on Friday and you actually got to, to sample some of the you venison bet. today. I got, to, I got to sample some of the venison that you uh, smoked up today when I arrived and just excellent. I mean... I am a venison connoisseur, as many people here may know, but uh, that was probably some of the best that I've ever ha- had prepared for me by well, someone else. Well, thank you. You know, you this bet. is something, this this recipe I found was something that I discovered on Pinterest, and it's okay. just something very simple. It's uh, Some of the ingredients are garlic, pepper, kosher salt, Worcestershire sauce, soy sauce, brown sugar, and that's it. Now, the trick that I found out the hard way was when I was first preparing this brine on Friday, well, actually Thursday night, to brine everything for my, for the, my, get, for my other podcast, the After Dark podcast, uh, what I learned is that I accidentally ended up burning the brown sugar, so it, it's like I, I, I caught it before I decided to use it. And Alicia, I asked Alicia, like, hey, what does this smell burnt to you? And then that's when she confirmed that it was, and like, shoot. So I had to dump that, start over, and uh, it's it was a learning process, but the key thing is you want to get your water or your water heated to a boiling point. It doesn't have to be like a rolling boil, but just medium heat. Then you just you add the salt in first. You stir that first, so this way it has a chance to dissolve, because the brown sugar will dissolve faster than the kosher salt. Now the kosher salt that I was using was just um, pink uh, Mediterranean. And it was it's larger granular salt, so it's like it takes a little bit longer okay. to dissolve. Then you put that all in that one, then once it once it once up to boil, put that in, that's dissolved. Mm-hmm. Then you add in the brown sugar. Mm. Shut that off. Shut the burner off. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you add in the cloves, the Worcestershire sauce, the soy sauce. Now I personally use I use like the forty or fifty percent less sodium versions of them just because it's a lot of salt into it. Sure. Now that was Fridays. This one, the only thing I changed differently was I utilized jalapeno peppers. Yes, I could I could tell. Um, very subtle, not overpowering by any means. I love jalapeno. 
but the hint was definitely there. But take a child or something, you know, that isn't used to that spicier flavor. It really wouldn't affect them, I don't think. Um, I really loved it. I'm glad. It was Thank fantastic. You. Thank you. Now, I prepared this in two different ways. So Friday, I got to let you sample that, and it had a different flavor to it, different bark, more smoky flavor. Then this one, I actually got halfway through it. I wrapped it. If you were to choose which one, which one would you prefer, the one that was wrapped or the one that you allowed, I allowed to uh, smoke and obtain that bark? I think the, my most favorite was the one that you, were, that you allowed to uh, stay open, absorb more, more of the smoke instead of the wrapped one. Okay. Um, they were all excellent. Don't get me wrong. But the, the smokier flavored, primo. Excellent. That is, thank you for the, the compliment. And, and I appreciate the, the, the constructive criticism because I'm always looking to always expand my horizons. Absolutely. And finding out that Jack Daniels flavors is not the best pairing for it, but it still delivered a good solid flavor to it. Yes. And so I think the next time I'll stick with either apple or cherry or mesquite. Mesquite's my all-time favorite. I love mesquite just because my uncle used to live out in Tucson, Arizona. And so when my dad would go out wow. there and visit, he'd always drove a truck. So he would actually come back with bundles of it because mesquite is so abundant there and my uncle lived on the outskirts of tucson so it was like he just took him out to where he's like well here's mesquite just take as much as you want because a lot of that out there in uh arizona is public land like sure majority of it's all public which is fantastic because Absolutely. you've got some of the best wild game out there you got and the, the, the funny thing is it's very underrated for bird for water for fowl really yeah it's if you anybody watches rainy newberg he loves going down. That's why he failed out of college the first time. Oh. He spent more time out there hunting fowl than he was actually in class. <laughs> sure, sure. Makes perfect sense. So that's where I came from. And then also, um, those who know me, I like bourbon. So this time we, I showed him my collection of bourbon, and we, he chose the Iowa whiskey that was, it's from a Cedar Ridge distillery there in uh, – Cedar Rapids, Iowa, just south of there. It's not It's not the actual town, but they paired up with Slipknot. This is Slipknot's oh, no number nine. Awesome. And this is a three-year bourbon. And then I also uh, they also partnered up with them, too, and they did a another batch where it had, like, kind of that demonic skull type thing. Okay. But that's a 20-year-aged whiskey. Yep. Now, that's, that's something I did not know about Slipknot. Um, many people may not know, but I am a heavy metal... Really? Metal head. No I, shit. I prefer, prefer heavy metal over anything. Now, I'll listen to any genre of music. I listen to a lot of um, classical instrumental music um, just for meditation purposes in the morning okay. to get my head on right for the day. Um, but I am a heavy metal fan. I never back. knew that about you. I had no idea. Yep. It goes back a long ways. I am a country boy. I'm a redneck like nobody else's business. But when it comes to music, many people would think I'm a country boy, but, you know, a country music boy, but, you know, and I do listen to a fair amount of country, but nothing beats metal. It gets me going. It's nothing to do with what a lot of people think heavy metal is. It's motivating to me. It's fast-paced. It's what keeps me driven during the day. You okay. know, if, I've, if I'm in a lull period... I don't reach for the caffeine. I'm not a soda drinker. I'm not a coffee drinker in the afternoons. Um, not saying I don't drink coffee. I drink plenty of coffee in the morning. <laughs> but uh, 
Heavy metal is what keeps me driven throughout the day. I l- will plug in a little Slipknot, a little Motionless and White, um, just the real heavy, you know, Metallica type of music. Oh, the 80s version of Metallica? The, the, the 80s, the <laughs> night. I'm all the way through on, you know, I'm all in on Metallica. I have been ever since I was introduced to it back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, growing up as a kid, I mean, that's what sold me on heavy metal music was Metallica, um, White Zombie. Oh man. oh, man. Rob Zombie, what a talent and how far he's come have in his career. Have you seen Rob Zombie in, in concert? I have never seen him in concert. Oh, dude. It is it is a symphony. I got to watch him at Northern Invasion there in Somerset uh, a couple years ago. Sure. It was just amazing and how well he maximized the stage and such. Yep. And he puts on a legit show. Sure. Even Kid Rock. He was at... Um, Northern Invasion in 2019, I believe. Okay. Don't call me on it. I believe he, I believe he was. I got to actually have the post right over there. And uh, yeah, actually had the poster with Rob Zombie, Disturbed, all that fun stuff. So. Oh, sure. And uh, what I was really blown away with Kid Rock, he puts on a legit show. He plays multiple interest, in, instruments the whole, okay. th- whole way through, and he was very entertaining. He plays all obviously all the major hits of his just yep. because that's what people like to hear. And so yeah. he just kind of go with the crowd. I do like when I go to, like when I saw Disturbed, they, he played everything. He didn't play just his, his typical hits. He played everything that they set up for it. And when he did, uh, when they did uh, Sounds of Silence, oh, my word, it was just quiet. The entire way he, the way he sung it out. And it was literally, I think there was like twenty or 30,000 people there when he did it. So it's like it is not uncommon for that to see that type of a pull for a big event like that. Sure, sure. That has to be one of the best, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Experiences or? No, um, when somebody does somebody, cover. Oh, cover, yes. Disturbed Sound of Silence has to be the best cover version of that song that I've ever heard. It's haunting, mm-hmm. but it's so good. That is so true. That is uh, that is a good one. I did like Korn's rendition of Another Brick in the Wall. That yep. was a solid one. And then, what's who was another one? And then Bad Wolves when they redid uh, uh, Zombie. Oh yeah, yep. Very that was good. that was awesome. I saw those guys down in Moline, Illinois, okay. with Five Finger Death Punch, Six AM. Six AM is very underrated. Those guys, That's like, what I've heard. but if you look at the the, the all star cast of who's all in it, it's the who's who of this '80s and '90s of the the. But they came together, and the it's just magic what they are able to put together for it. And yeah, Bad Wolves when he did it, it's like I wish we were able to get the version with Dolores, but yep. due to her untimely passing. It was really honorable of Bad Wolves to be able to take the proceeds from the sales from that song. And they donated back to the kids. Now That's Tommy, awesome. now Tommy Vax is separated from Bad Wolves because Bad Wolves wanted to sell out. They wanted to go down the the selling out to the, the agenda, making sure they get paid. Now Tommy Vax is actually doing far better than he was, and he is being partnered up with Five Finger Death Punch. He's being oh. partnered up with a bunch of savages, and his music is just. Even better because now he's not being under control of the label and such. He's able to sure. be more uh, vocal and powerful. And plus, it's like he's got similar views that we both have and stuff like that. And when he's on, when he's having a conversation, I just sit back and listen. Yep, yep. That's all you can do. And you know, I, I admire guys like that that don't sell themselves out. They stay, they stay the course and what they've set up for themselves. 
And I admire that. I respect it deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people are afraid to step out and go after what they want. They would rather sell themselves out for a big payout or whatever it may be. Yeah. And they don't realize that they're selling themselves out to a system that they can't, you know, can't escape from sometimes. And they don't realize that they're basically giving up their freedoms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole thing is, is that a lot of people would rather chase the money than chase their own dream. And it's very important for people, I think. And it, it was a hard lesson for me and a hard road for me to uh, grasp in my own life because we are controlled by money. And uh, when you let go of the control money has over you, um, one of the best quotes I've ever heard was when it was by Robert Kiyosaki. When you accept a paycheck... You've just sold yourself out and become a slave to money. When you work for free, you'll never work for money ever again in your life. And more abundance becomes comes into your awareness than you were ever aware of before in the past. And I, I, I believe, I'm a firm believer that it's true. Um, I wish I would have known quotes like that earlier in my life. But I'm thankful for the that I've learned it now where I am in my life. And I'm not saying every day is perfect because life happens. But it's how you deal with the things that happen in your life um, that are, you know, not necessarily the best things that can happen to you. But everything in your life, good or bad, is a lesson. And you know, I see, I, my life isn't perfect. I'm not the most perfect human being there is. I never will be. And But every setback, every circumstance is a learning lesson for me. That's why I don't break down a lot like when a close relative dies. And, you know, COVID was a big thing where I saw a lot of people, a lot of things I saw when it comes to faith in God. I'm not a big Bible pusher. I, I've I've discussed this with with you in the past. Mm -hmm. But my faith became stronger in the last two years than ever before in my life. And it made me realize as a country just how far removed we are from the principles of Christianity that this country was founded upon. A lot of people argue that, that the country was not founded upon the principles of Christianity, and it was. Yes. Yes, it was. And... I'm not here to push the Bible. I'm not here to push Christianity. But to me, everything in our lives is a gift from God, no matter how you think. You think in negative terms, you will see negative results. God produces those negative results in your life. You begin to think in positive terms. Every day is not going to be perfect. But if you keep the faith in a positive attitude and walk with God, walk by faith, not by sight, Good will occur more in your life, more abundance will show up in your life than you could ever imagine ever before. And I believe that that's true. You know, it's just something something clicked a few years ago. Um, it wasn't that the Bible was introduced to me more or anything like that. It just has a, a connection there somewhere where my faith has become stronger. I don't read the Bible every day. I probably should. You know, I've heard a lot of people the difference that the reading the Bible makes, but I've read enough verses in some of the personal development books I've read. Um, I'm trying to think of a book that I just 
I just completed, and I can't even remember the name of it. It's off the tip of my tongue. But it, it was about a pastor's hunting experiences. All right. And a lot of it, you know, uh, each chapter had a verse of the Bible and a devotional, a daily devotional in it. Okay. And I dedicated myself to once a day at least reading a chapter. And the chapters were only two or three pages long. Okay. Um, but I think I only dedicated myself to it, to one chapter a day, just to absorb what that chapter meant. Going back and reading it over and over again until I got the deep meaning of what that chapter, what that devotional really meant. And, you know, that has, a, that has something to do with, you know, like I read the book Think and Grow Rich, and I've read it every day since I bought it in 2018. And it's not that I'm a slow slow reader. It's just I want to fully understand what that book is truly all about and the messages that it sends out in each and every chapter on the 13 principles of success that Andrew Carnegie shared with Napoleon Hill in that book. Um, I'm learning every day and the greatest way that you can learn is through repetition. And if you can dedicate your life to something and learning every day, starting every day with an open mind, man, it'll take you places that you never, ever thought possible for you in your life. And you understand that. Oh, yes. You know, I we've been friends on social media for quite a few years now. We've done numerous podcasts together and you know I see it in a reflection in just your own life following you on social media being in contact with you we've both come a long ways we haven't let the circumstances of our lives you know we both grew up with ADD a little bit of a reading deficiency in my life in my early early life and you know I could have just sat back and and let that condition control my life for the rest of my life and not really ever experienced what life really is. Mm -hmm. And I'm not here to force my message on anyone, but I want to help people. And I get so much enjoyment out of helping people. And that's kind of what led me into my career is not just for my own personal gain, because that's not what my life is about. You might have a, you know, people who think they know me, may have their opinion about what I'm in my business for, and that's not it at all. I absolutely love helping people discover new ways. I was actually on a property yesterday doing a habitat consult for um, a family in Buffalo County, Wisconsin, and, you know, a great property, sets up great. They're in one of the prime areas of Boone and Crockett Bucks in the entire country, um, very popular county in Wisconsin, and it was a whole different perspective for them. You know, they told me that one of the biggest problems they've had in the last few years is the mature bucks, you know, the big bucks that they're after, the 150, 60 class and higher, they disappear. Okay. And one of the things, I, I th you know, the major thing that I came up with for them is basically their access how they were entering and leaving their stands in the evenings, whatever whatever time of the day it was that they were leaving their stands or entering their stands, is simply they're conce concealing their own movements as hunters. Um, it, the property set up where it was bottom access in the bottom of a deep valley and the deer laying up on the points and, and benches up on the side hills, and they're watching these hunters walk in. 
And, you know, these deer become conditioned to their, to their patterns. These deer, they pattern a human movement just as, you know, you're conditioning the deer to your movement and hunt, hunting pressure as well. And, you know, it was a whole eye-opening experience for this family as well. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of another quote. The definition of insanity, and what is the definition of Repeating insanity? the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Exactly, exactly. And uh, a lot of people live their lives that way. That is so true. I wanted to take a, a couple steps back there, because my spirituality really has kicked in uh, in high gear right around like 2018, 2019. Then 2020 was a really revolutionary time for me, because I was introduced to a lot of Solid people. That was when I met Chris Hammond ever since that day, July 4th of 2020, my entire life has changed. I mean, it has really blossomed in such a way that I never thought was. And it is overwhelming because it's like you you go through a lot of trials, and but you, you've, I've, I've faced a lot of losses. But when you start finding and gaining these little wins, like the simple ones, like showing up to event. I call that a good win right there because something could have something could have changed it or my willpower could have said like nope you're gonna stay home and you're gonna watch TV all day long instead of going out there and meet new people and shooting your bow. But that what really opened my mind was a Indian technique that they've been doing for centuries where you take turmeric and black powder, and or not black black powder but black pepper. Now we have our our groundwater is absolutely poisoned, but one of the key ingredients is uh, is um, fluoride. Now fluoride calci calcifies your pineal gland. Yep. What this does with that combination, turmeric and black pepper does, it actually breaks that down. I find myself being more emotional than I ever had been up until I started taking it because it breaks it down. My, my dreams are far more lucid than they ever once were, and it has opened my mind, opened my, my spirituality to God more because the Egyptians knew this years ago because all those symbols you see of that eye, that's the pineal gland. If you were to put that up in an x-ray side by side with that particular symbol, that is the pineal gland. And they've always known that this is how they become very in touch. Even with the Peruvian jungle when they do ayahuasca and such, that is just an even peyote too. That right there, those those particular ingredients, when they go into your digestive system, they hit your bloodstream, that's when the real magic happens where it allows you to to open your perspective and how to bring in the spirits, depending on what your background is, because all of us have a similar spirituality to it, and the common ground is that do good unto others. Absolutely. Because that's how you build a business, that's how you grow and such, and that's where it's been with me. And I'm glad we were moving on to this personal development here, because I can completely understand, like, I had issues reading. What would happen for me is my, my, eye, my brain, my eyes would work faster than my, my mouth would. And so that was always been a big struggle for myself. Now, yep. one thing I've always learned watching other people is I stopped taking vaccines. I think my last one was in 1998, and that was because of a clue of uh, – no, 96 was my last one because I had a flu vaccine, and we were about ready to go to uh, Disney World. And that was the, during the time when John Bunny Ramsey. But I was six for, sick for eight months because of that one vaccine shot. Wow. And after that, I never – I swore them off. I've never took them again because because it's always a crapshoot. It's like, why should I put my body at risk for a crapshoot? Absolutely. And science is is not specific, not not perfect. So, like, why are you forcing these type of aspects? Now, those who out there want to get them and go for it, whatever you want to do, but you're going to find yourself with greater complications as you progress in life. Now, that was one of my personal development aspects to it. But also, doing this podcast because – 
I've always wanted to do something myself, and I've always been involved with multi-level marketing processes and such, and they were never my own. Yes. And I found this to be my own. Yes. I was able to, I'm being able to grow it. And getting to how we want to position ourselves as, as each year grows, like I could have launched merch day one, but I decided not to because I wanted to have a foundation of listeners. And you listeners out there have been fantastic. I mean, I'm seeing triple digits. I'm seeing reshares. Uh, yeah. Besides um, social media, uh, shadow banning me, you guys have just been fantastic through SoundCloud and Instagram and Facebook, along with all those different social media things. It's like I'm trying to do my best with what I'm given. I'm like, I'm part of the one for, I'm part of the 5% trying to educate the 90%. And the good thing is, is like, I'm glad to bring on solid guests like Ryan here and Chris Ham and, and Kayla and Tyson. And you guys just seem to gravitate to them. And you really take an interest in those folks because this podcast is, is about me, but not about me. It's my journey capturing stories. So this way then people can have something to relate to. I'm just, I just hope I'm doing a good job in my descriptions because sometimes I'm just lazy and I, I just grab and copy stuff. But when I want to bring in somebody that's developing a business like you, Ryan, is that I want to do this because we've started our similar journeys we're only a couple of years apart because, I mean, I started doing podcasting in 2018, but not really being diligent, being disciplined by it. And that's what I recognize I'm doing wrong. Uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson says is that if you really want to have a real conversation, you ask yourself, what are you doing wrong and why aren't you changing it? Absolutely. And that is a hard conversation. You will probably, like, if it, if you really, if it really resonates, you will probably break down. You, yeah. you, you may not cry physically, but you'll feel the shame. Yep. And like you're being lazy and it's like you want to change your inner perspective exactly. to become a better person because Absolutely. people like being around people that push themselves to better yes. situations here. I mean, now I have two different bows. I have a new AR, not because I wanted them to be fit in because I want to mature myself into a situation where if I, if the time does call, I want to be able to be ready because a dangerous man is a well-controlled man. That's, that's Dr. Jordan Peterson right there. And what that means is that I have the ability to enact violence at any point in time, yes. ending a life in the manner of a snap of the fingers. Yes. But I choose not to because of my discipline, because I can let my fear, my anger control me, but I, I've, I'm centered by my spirituality. Absolutely. That's why I am such, I feel more centered. Mm-hmm. I, I grant I, I, I fear of what I cannot control which is part of the whole my my deep state type conspiracy not conspiracy theory excuse me spoiler alerts because it's just a matter of a time when us tell you and then the mainstream media backs it up yes that's that's the thing we're all waiting on that's the that's what's holding us all back but we've I've seen a major opening I don't know I've seen a major awakening not just in how people review the world but spirituality I mean I've seen reports coming reports coming from the Middle East but you've seen also an increase of Muslims killing other Christians because Muslims are opening up to Christianity and changing their perspective. And yep. it's like, I'm not bashing Muslim, the Muslim religion because I've met some awesome people. Oh, absolutely. Fantastic people. But there are some that choose not to grow and to accept something they cannot change. Yep. And it's like, I, I'm still friends with some Muslims myself, and they're awesome people. They're really down to earth. They're family-going people. Yep. And they just want to be left well, alone. Some people may not ever know this about me, but I am actually related to Muslim cousins. Their father was from Kuwait. 
And they married one of my dad's cousins. He married one of my dad's cousins. Okay. And, and the boys are of Muslim religion. Um, I haven't had contact with them in many years, but at the same time, it's not because I choose not to have a relationship with Muslims for, for crying out loud. It's just I haven't seen them. You know, they live their own lives and stuff. You know, they're from Arizona. I do not condone any religion that there is. You have the freedom of and the freedom from religion if you so choose. It's your choice. Everything we do in life is a choice, no matter what it is. Um, There's good people everywhere. There's good and there's bad people in every religion there is too. Um, I just choose to take the good route and take what God has given me and I build on it, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's all you can do. You've got to accept what God has given you. Okay. And go above, try to go above and beyond every day, make a difference in at least one other person's life during the day because life, yes, you have to get selfish. You have to get selfish in your own discipline, your own self-love, things like that. Everything begins with you and how you think. And if you can develop and become a person who loves themselves more, you can give more. And to add to that, words are spells. And if you speak negativity, your mind will adapt negativity. All it Absolutely. Sees negativity, and that negativity will actually radiate through your body, through your immune system, and produce ill-thought wills Absolutely. upon yourself. And that is just one thing that just blew my mind. That's why they, they, what they call the, pl- the placebo effect. Absolutely. But if you produce... Positive sounds like a music, yes. positive light, um, infrared being exposed to much vitamin D, but also taking care of your internal. It, it has a very well-balanced aspect yes. to it. And why people like when we talk to spirits, because spirits can bring out or attract the wrong ones or the good ones, but it's all about the words, the spells you cast yourself. Absolutely. And that reminds me, you know, you people listening may think we're crazy when we're talking like this, but, li- you know, take the time and look up Dr. Joe Dispenza. Okay, he I've talked, not heard of him before. Oh, he's excellent. Um, he kind of opened up my eyes to the power of spirituality, how you think. Um, he's actually proven studies himself where he's taken stage four cancer patients, people that are on their deathbed, given two weeks to live with life-threatening cancer. Yeah. And what do most people turn to? When it comes to cancer, chemotherapy. Yes. There's no money. Remember, there's no money in wellness. There's no money in wellness. True. Very true. There's only money in sickness. And that's where the big pharma make their money. If you have a healthy population, they're not making any money. Why do they push medication? Why do they push, push vaccination so hard? But pharmacy dates back to the Greek thing. It's like it's I can't remember the definition itself, but I know it relates to spells. Yep. Yep. And potions and stuff like that. And sure. So it's just it's taken because the first doctors out there are actually Wiccans, but yep. they utilize what was on the land. But due to JD Rockefeller and utilizing the petroleum that he discovered, he wanted everybody to use this. So during that eighteen the late early nineteen hundreds, when they're trying to dismantle all of that, and, and that's why he. That's why he labeled it a fossil fuel. That's why he labeled oil as a fossil fuel. And people do not understand that it's the breakdown of organic matter. Oil is a renewable resource. Maybe not at the f- 
pace of, say, a tree or something like that. It does take quite a few number of years. It takes 100 years to get just an inch of topsoil. It does take a number of years for oil to regenerate itself. There's no doubt about it. But it is not a fossil fuel. It is not something that is going to absolutely disappear. But that gets back to the propaganda. Cause Absolutely. They, and when really, Standard Oil was first founded in the 1880s or 1860s, yeah. somewhere around there, he was saying that we were only going to get oil for like another 10 more years, but it's, it was the fear, the FOMO, the FUD that's to, try exactly to, right. try to get people to go out there and buy more of it, something like that's that. And what, that's what it is. Fear is the greatest manipulator of minds that there is. Mm-hmm. And m- so many people are living in fear. You know, and that's why I'm not afraid to die. If I die doing what I'm what I love every single day, surrounded by the people that I love every mm-hmm. single day, I've lived a fulfilled life. Because the biggest thing that people need to realize is we do not know when our hourglass is gonna run out. You may think that you have another 30, 40, 50 years, whatever it is at your age where you are now, you could walk out the door and be get hit by a car. You could walk into a doctor's office for a physical, be given a clean bill of health, walk out the door, and die of a heart attack. I've seen it happen. And people don't realize that. We take this life for granted. Imagine if you lived your life every single day as though it was your last. If you woke up this morning knowing today was your last day on earth, would you be doing what you're about to do today? That was one of the greatest quotes I ever heard of Steve Jobs. A lot of people hated Steve Jobs, for the way he treated his employees at Apple, but he was a smart man, Mm -hmm. very smart man, and he had a lot of powerful quotes. And if you study a guy like that, you realize he is absolutely right. If you walk, you know, if you wake up this morning and ask yourself, if today was my last day on earth, would I really be doing what I'm about to do? And if you could live your life like that for the rest of your life, and I'm not telling you what to do. I understand we all, you know, that you have bills to pay, you got to have money coming in. I understand that. We both have bills to pay and everything, too. That we do. We are not different than anyone else. We are all the same. We are souls living within our body. We don't have souls. We are souls. This is our physical body. We are created in God's image. And what is God? God is the creator. So what does God want us to do? He wants us to create. We are the creators of our lives. And I just wish more people would understand that. I think it comes through struggle, suffering. Yeah. Some of the most interesting people I've ever met come through, have risen through suffering to be like, now, do I say you should go out and suffer? No. But it's one of those things where it allows you to get out of your comfort zone. It's like that's how you move forward. That's why I'm a big, big proponent, like trying to, to wait until your brain's fully developed, which is at 25, yep. and then start going and experiencing different things. Like those jobs that you have between 16 or 14 and until 25, that's just you learning different skills about life. Absolutely. And that is what you have to figure out. It's like you have to drive yourself to learn more new, more things and surround yourself with better people. Yeah. Because it's like if, if you're around four poor people, you're going to be the fifth person. Absolutely. But if you surround yourself with five rich people, you may not be rich at one point in time, but if you keep working with them and they keep providing you 
guidance and value and see value in you and you keep producing. That's the biggest thing is being consistent. It's not producing. It's being consistent in your actions. And that's how you move from stage to stage in life. Like just a few years ago, I was just a simple little 700-foot square uh, building or little apartment. Now I'm in 1,400-square-foot massive garage, and I've been able to – now I'm able to do what I really like doing. That's inviting people Absolutely. over into my home, breaking bread with them. Kind of like what I, exactly what I do with you. It's like we came over, we had some food, we had some good bourbon. Now we're having a conversation about how development needs to happen in your life. You may not, you may not have a immediate growth. It may take you six months, but during that time though, it's those little wins. Uh, that's getting Absolutely. up, brushing your teeth, and you don't celebrate it. Like that. Yeah. You got to celebrate those little wins every day. That's Even Dr. Jordan Peterson right there. He says Absolutely. celebrate the small victories. Absolutely. Simple as getting up and flossing your teeth or brushing your teeth every morning. You know that was, you know that goes back to a, a book that I read. Um, I forget the author, but Atomic Habits. I have not heard of that book. It's a very good one. Something as little. Your environment. You are a product of your environment. Something, you know, I was, I never flossed my teeth. But why was that? Because the dental floss was not in the same drawer as my toothbrush and toothpaste. It was over in the medicine cabinet. Okay. Now when I open my drawer, the floss is there. It's the first thing I grab in the morning. After I do my bodily functions, of course. Uh huh. It's just it's our way of programming ourselves because exactly we're, we're like, like we live in a matrix, but each but thing we do is a script. Absolutely, like, you're a product of of your habits. You are. Yeah, and if you if you can only induce introduce bad habits, you're only going to can continue repeating gonna, them. Yeah, you're gonna and produce, it's like it falls into all different aspects. Whether you're you're dating, whether you're married, or being a, a family man, it's or family person because you got to also include women in this matter as well. But it's like all the different aspects of being able to see those and changing things. Like there's certain things that I've seen that I've said to my own wife that it's like produced a negative reaction so it's like Absolutely. i need to i saw that i recognized it and i need to be more empathetic about what she's going through and listen allowing that person to speak and also maintaining intimacy because yes that's a big thing that why a lot of um relationships fail because intimacy doesn't necessarily have to be physical contact yep. but it's having conversations like this yes because conversations create intimacy yes. it's not in a perverted way but it, it provides a connection because we are so wrapped up in our own day-to-day lives i do this podcast because i pull that one person for that one week for an hour to two to three hours out of their day-to-day to actually have a meaningful conversation. doesn't mean they're not having meaningful conversations throughout the week, but it's like it's, it's, it allows them to express themselves on a, on a free platform because I don't have to deal with the FCC, so it's like I'm, I'm all right with that. Yep. They, can, they can go fuck themselves as far as I care. Absolutely. But it's, it's dealing with my, my distribu- distributions of through the different pl- the platforms that I work with, so it's like I have to be a little bit mindful, but you want to be true, and if yes. you remain true, this is a digital world. We are so vulnerable that we have to be true to yourself, and I'm the same way with everybody. And people either like me or they hate me. Yep. But I've always like it. Brought oddly enough, last night I had this weird dream where I was talking about like well, I was thinking to myself about all of the people that have in, that have been around because I've seen people like they'll get to know me and then all of a sudden they'll just run away. But it's their way of looking at a reason to hate you and they Absolutely. didn't want to be around you anyways. And it's like that's fine. And you don't need those people in your life. Yeah, and it's like you don't chase people to to try to gain validity. And it's like Steve Harvey, I've seen this quote where it's like loyalty has an expiration date. Yes. And don't be chasing those that it's a dead end relationship. And it's like talk about some deep reflection about some of the people I've known in my life. It's like 
they don't reach out to me, but I reach out to them. And it's like when I want to exchange ideas or want to like, hey, let's, let's, what are you doing this? Or are you building a, what are you building? What can I do to help you out type aspect for it? And it's always transactional about that. But it's like, I'm not looking, did I ask you for money? I was like, how can I help you? Yes. And it's like, and it's like, I have a podcast. And it's one of those things where I want to allow other folks to hear your voice because now you're going to be somebody, maybe a hundred people listen to this podcast, maybe a thousand will. I have no idea, but they're going to be experienced through their point of point of view and their experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and you're right. You can't chase people. You can't worry about the opinions of other people. So many people are living their life based upon the opinion of somebody else. What should I do? You know, Dad, what should I be doing? Should I go after this? What about, you know, the most meaningful and hardest conversation is the one that you have with yourself. Especially looking at yourself in the mirror every single day. You cannot lie to the reflection in the mirror. That's correct, because there has been studies been done this. Even Dr. Jordan Peterson's brought this to it, because eventually you you tell your lie, you, you you tell yourself lies, but eventually something in you keeps driving you towards that truth, and it's going to get you out of it. It's, it's not your truth; it's the truth. Yes. that's the biggest thing. That, like that, the the left has been like the you should say the agenda has been spraying. It's like, oh, it's your truth. It's like, no, it's the truth because I could tell you that Hitler was a great person, but then again, somebody else will tell you it's like he was a bad person. Yeah. But then the truth is in the facts. Yeah, absolutely. And people don't want to hear the facts. People hear what they want to hear. They don't hear. They don't want to hear what they need to hear. Do you want to? Do you want to take a little sip of this uh, Heaven's Door? Absolutely. All right, here you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Now, while he's sampling this, this is this the bourbon that I just shared with him is is Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan. This is something that he created with the, with the people and he put together, and it's got some very distinct notes with it. It's got a, a smoke flavor. It's got some caramel to it. You got some oakiness to it. It's got a very well devoured flavor to it. Now, there's some people that just drink whiskey just to drink it because they want to fit in, but I find myself that, that I want to experience it so it's a part of the analytical aspect of my mind i want to see the the chemistry behind it i've always been scientific behind stuff and this is my way of being able to like appreciate this because now i can tell people like this is a really good whiskey or it's like if you wanted to provide a positive feedback it's like hey this is like this is where you come down to asking good questions interview process now those who are like the 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 younger generation like if you're male or female you're in the process of interviewing to to marry somebody or date somebody all these questions make sense because it's like it's our experience Absolutely. that allows us to avoid like well this is a red flag this is a green flag red flag type scenario and this is like if I want to talk to somebody about bourbon I can ask them like do you like a smoky flavor do you like caramel do you like oak do you like hickory and this way then I can steer that person to something that's gonna be palatable to them that they're gonna actually get a joy but also share. Because life yes. is about sharing. It's about creativity that we just got done discussing because you can create moments in time that will last them decades. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that brought a totally different perspective into my life, just sharing that today, you know, about the experiences and, you know, savoring the f- different flavors within this bourbon that we've been sharing together here today. Um, I never really looked at it that way before, and I appreciate that for opening up my mind 
to that. Well, you're very welcome. I'm glad it's like I was able to just introduce you to something that yeah. I find very rewarding. Yeah, you're passionate about it, and you know I think it brings in a different perspective into my life and how I will um, consume spirits going into the future. I'm not a big alcohol drinker anymore in my life. People that may know me on this podcast know that my past, I, I was basically an alcoholic, you know, um, family, having my own children put a big perspective of alcohol into my life. You know, I, I'm not saying I don't like to let loose once in a while, but just sharing what we've shared here today, it brings in another perspective of how to just sit back and enjoy the flavors of life. Now, my audience has heard me say this, but I'll say this to you. I don't drink as often, but I drink quality. Quality. There's some bottles that that are in that collection that are years old that are still like three quarters full because I don't drink to get drunk. I I drink to experience Experience. the moment because I like to breathe in positivity. Absolutely. And those who associate um, like self-soothe. They will always associate this with a negative aspect because then it pulls them out of their element. And it like makes for, you want more. It, it sends you down want, to the wrong path. Exactly. It does. And, you know, we're steak eaters. We just said that earlier about venison. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, I love a good steak, venison, beef. I prefer venison. But it makes me want more. How does Ed Milet say that? Oh, I can't remember, but. I get. I think we get the point here of what I'm trying to say. Um, it just makes it makes you want to have more of the good in your life, but you appreciate it too. You appreciate it more, and it, it comes back to that spiritual connection mm-hmm. with everything. You don't have to be a Christian to be spiritual, um, but it gives you a guide, a guiding light. What is your north star? You got to ask yourself, what is your north star? Why do you want to achieve that North Star? Why do you want to grab that North Star? And I don't think people ask themselves why. For a second, I thought that you were asking me. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I just don't think people ask themselves why they're about to do what they want to do. They don't have strong enough reasons to go after what they really want. And when you develop a strong enough reason why, you will see you will begin to see in your life what is more important. I mean, because your job could end any time. Your life could end at any time. It all goes back, you Mm -hmm. know? And it comes down to your goals like that. I just used, um, on Friday night, I used one of uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson's quotes about putting yourself and giving yourself goals. Yes. And it's like, and and he discussed it more in depthly, but... What I'm referring to, what I'm getting to now, is that I was mentioning to you that we're going to be getting a fiber laser here in a few months. Yeah. Now, this is something that's been, this is not something that I've been wanting to do for like the last few months. This has been months. This has over been years. This sure. Is like, like almost 36 months where this inspiration has come into play. And it's like, it, but it's always, it's like every time I think about it, it comes back and it kind of gives me a sense of joy. And it, just because you think of something, and in, and it, but if it keeps on reoccurring in your day to day, and it's like it really finds you exciting, and like yeah. if you find that this is going to be an outlet for your creativity, then go go ahead and go follow through it. it. Because a lot of people get hesitant because of how we're raised. Because yeah. I can I can get the, I can relate this is like parents don't like to put a lot of money into a uh, a, a curriculum that the child doesn't want to do it. They're just going to give up on it because it's like you're putting a monetary value on it, and it's like it's one of those things where you want them to 
go after themselves. Like, let's say, uh, like when I was younger, I've been playing Magic the Gathering since 1995. I'm talking since the game came out. I love it. Well, what I ended up doing is like since it's so much, since this was resonated so much for me, I figured out ways to purchase it. Not asking yes. parents, I figured out ways to do it. Now, the best part about today is if 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 my daughter comes up and like, how do I get money? It's like the cool thing is, sweetie, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Absolutely. And this is where you can show them affiliate marketing. Mm-hmm. You can show them. Um, uh, promoting products online, stuff like that, or you could, or you develop a skill that really allows you to articulate your passions, like I have with this podcast here. It's like everybody that's on my my banner is like either American-made products, veteran-owned, or they just overall back their product, and it's based in good quality. So this way, then it's not going to fail you in a time of action because we, myself, it's like I look at everything I purchase as I don't want this to fail for me, or if it's going to fail, I want to have a very low limp, low. Um, probability of having it I, absolutely i buy knives based off of military and cop or uh, police officers that have had knives fall or fail in the line of duty so like i've got gravitate i found out about cold steel cold steel was started back in the late 90s and each person that's part of that board had had a ni- knife fail on them in the line of duty well i don't want to be in a situation whether i'm hunting if i have to deal with a predator or if I'm dealing with an assailant, Absolutely. I want that knife to be able to be to rely on. That's why I use Shea Butler knives. Uh, he his pod come, pad, podcast comes out next week, and he been in situations where things didn't work his way, so he got motivated and he started doing it, and then he turned into a full time job and absolutely doing a great job. He's got some he, every time, every couple of days, he comes out with a new strive because he wanted people to get access to these knives more quickly because right now he's backed up for months because sure. his it, it's he's it's pretty much a one-man show mm-hmm. comes down to our archery equipment our firearms our ammunition like i use i'm a big proponent of winchester because not only does he, he's born on november 30th of, of 1828 or something 1820 but his the foundation that they built their ammunition on has been remained consistent that burns clean has a, a low probability of failure, and it and it, it, it performs consistently. Yes, I look for perfection. I'm not shooting a 308 Lapua. I'm looking for consistency because consistency. when I discharge that, when I pull that trigger, pull the trigger, and I discharge, and it hits my target, I know it's going to have a devastating effect on it, whether I'm shooting a paper or a, a tar- or a animal that I'm going to feed not only myself but friends and family. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's what life is about, is about value. The value I can bring to other people, the value I get from whatever I spend my money on, you know. People, people pay for what they value. You know, it's just like smoking cigarettes, basically, you know, or going to the bar every night. They value that. It's not the life I want to live by nope. any means. Um, yes, I was a smoker early on in my life, but, you know, perspective came into my life that... Man, it's really expensive to smoke a pack a day. I mean, yes, seven, eight, but I don't even know what a pack of cigarettes is anymore. It's almost like 10 bucks a pack. Jesus. It is really expensive. Yep. I never got into it because both my parents smoked. My dad quit twice. He's, he's officially quit now. He's going on his second year. and But he's been smoking since he was like 12, 13 mm-hmm. years old. My mom is redu- reduced the amount of smoking that she has. My youngest brother, he smokes, but I think it's just kind of a rebellious status. Sure, when sure. When he was younger, but now it's like... He's addicted to it, so it's gotta, he's got to break that cycle. So yep. this way he's going to save money because these I, it, it takes away 
from your true passions. Sure, it does. Because ammunition is expensive, so it's like, do I want to spend thirteen dollars on twenty rounds of two two three, or spend ten dollars on a pack of cigarettes? Absolutely. But now we have gas at three for four dollars a gallon. Um, four dollars so a gallon. There goes diesel, almost five. five. Yeah, it's so expensive. Yeah. I'm 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 regretting when I had my big diesel. I didn't drive as much as I did when when diesel was a dollar eighty a gallon. Sure. And now, well, I got rid of it last year, which I'm glad now because now diesel is five bucks a gallon. So it's like. I'm going to barely drive it. And so, and I didn't want to, like, I liked having that vehicle because this way, if somebody needed to help somebody moving something, whether it needed to be towed yeah. or needed to be moved, I had the power and the and the bed to do it and all the in. Payload. Exactly. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that is why I've been able to cut alcohol out of my life, cold turkey, basically, why I was able to quit cold turkey perspective was brought into my life. What I was taking away, children really changed my life. Having children, having a wife that I deeply love, it all changed the perspective of my life and what was detracting from my life, Uh from my family, and how important it was. It was a change of identity. And how you identify yourself is how your life will show up to everyone else, including yourself. If you can flip your identity, if you can think your, if you want to be a millionaire, it comes down to your thoughts. If you can think yourself as a millionaire, it goes right back to you tell yourself a lie long enough. Eventually, it becomes your reality. Yes, very very true. And it's true. true. Most you know, most people only ever see the the success after the fact. They don't. They see the tip of the iceberg, the very tip of the iceberg. They don't see how far a person had to come. They don't see their story. Yes. And if more people would just share their stories, and that's simply how my success has been built, is just sharing my story. And people are curious about that. We want to learn about others, and that's how deep connection relationships are formed. And I've built some great relationships out of just the clients that I've met over the years. I've got a lot of them that have become some of my closest friends. Yeah. You know, and it's it's amazing. And, you know, some of the other stuff that I'm involved with, making connections around the world, that's m- more valuable than any amount of money or anything material in my life. Just the connections I've built with people. And it's not only from what I do online. It's, it stems back to being growing up a dairy farmer and being in the purebred registered Holstein business, you know, I developed a lot of great relationships through marketing genetics around the world, Australia, yeah, you know, Japan, things like that. And it's all about those relationships. You know, and and you're exactly right. You're a product of the five closest people in your life. And if you surround yourselves yourself with losers, you're going to be the sixth one. Mm-hmm. If you want to up your game, up your game to the people that you want to be like because it'll cause you to up your game. You know, they'll cause you to level up. Yes, it will. And it's that breaks down to even – don't even think about just friends only too. You also have family members too that can be absolutely toxic. If you oh, absolutely. I have like, it in my life. I mean, you know, I'm going to say it. My dad's sister, very negative person. I wish I could change her. I can't. But, I, you know, she has a very close relationship with my brother. 
Okay. And I see it in my brother too. I love my brother to death, you know, but he's kind of one of the reasons that I don't dairy farm anymore. Many of you people know that story. Yes. And uh, since I've left the farm, it's made my relationship with my brother a lot stronger than it was. Um, I almost killed my brother. Like figuratively or literally? Literally. Okay. We drove each other absolutely insane on the farm. It okay. got so bad. I had to remove myself. I knew he was not going to ever leave the farm. It's in his blood. That's his baby. And that's fine with me. Yeah. But we got into it one afternoon just before chores. And I threw a silage fork at him, a pitchfork at him. I missed him by an inch and a half. Oh, boy, we could, we could be talking to a felon here. Yeah, and that was a wake-up call for me at that point in my life. And that's kind of where the building started. Getting married and having kids really brought things into perspective for me. But that was a major turning point in my life because I realized what could have happened. So here's a question for you. So Because we both got married late in life. I'm, yep. I didn't get married until my mid mid to late 30s. Yeah, I was 38. Yeah, see, and I was only 34. So it's like, but so what's... What um, elements made you decide, like, this is the woman I want to marry? Just, I believe that I, I attracted her into my life. Yes, okay. we met online, but it wasn't, that, it wasn't that lust connection. This girl was, when they say you know when you find the one, it was. Uh-huh. And... No, our relationship isn't perfect. Nobody's is. You're going to have your days where you don't see eye to eye. You know, things get difficult, you know. But we're there for each other. We've always got each other's back no matter what. It's that unconditional love. Yeah. See, my whole thing was, like, all of my family members never thought it was like, I've I've been a product of divorces. Sure, sure. And... Law number one, Murphy's law. That right there, though, for whatever you fear the most, will come. You'll attract it in your life. That is so fucking true. Oh yeah. I, 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 I'm. It's. I've paid for it. There's, 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 there's different elements in my life that paid for it. But it's like what, like actually took me over that edge, was seeing all of the things that she made better in me. Yes. And that she believed in me. It's like, get this, like last night, you're, you're going to appreciate this, is that she did so much around the house. I mean, we've been we've been rearranging some stuff. Mm-hmm. She's been so cool about doing the podcast and stuff. And I went out, and she only asked me to go get bread. Now, the thing is that she told me she wanted me, She in her mind, she wanted me to go get her bread. For, or like, she's a big car person, so. Mm-hmm. And she wanted me to get her breadsticks from Quick Trip. Well, she didn't tell me that. So I went to Walmart. <laughs> and so that, that trip to Walmart was just to get bread stuff like that. But then it's like, well, she did all this stuff for me around the house. I mean, she cleaned up. She moved stuff from upstairs sure. to downstairs and kind of rearranging the, the house to more of a more of a home for the just the two of us, well, three of us with Sophia. And so I went and got her, her favorite ice cream, Magnum ice cream. It's like, it's so expensive. Yeah. But it's like, once you find out like why it's so expensive, like how much air you actually purchase, it's yep. like there's a, there's a whole science to it all. Yep. And then I also got her Laffy Taffy's and stuff. Like these are the <laughs> things that really make her pre- joyful. And it's like, I hit the right nerves. And then, it, then it's like, like I mentioned earlier, I play Magic the Gathering. Well, she doesn't necessarily, she plays, but she likes opening up card packs. Because it's, it's a surprise because then we can, and it's like, then she gets to see like what drives me and stuff. Yeah, but she's really appreciative of art. Like you've seen, you've seen my house here. Yeah. There's a lot of pretty stuff in here, and like, and she has this really cool ideas about like some of these walls are bare because it's it's 
process of elimination of like what would make sense. Like it, and it's like she doesn't look at things in a small manner. She pulls back to a thirty foot, thirty thousand foot elevation, absolutely, and looks at the grand scheme of everything. Yes. Imagine if more people lived their lives like that. Just you got to see things beyond the front of your nose, people. Mm-hmm. Step back, take the thirty, sixty thousand foot view of things. Man, life becomes so much more rewarding when you step back and to see what you want in your life. Do you watch Co- Coach JV? I, I think I know I've sent you videos of him, but he's a big guy. He's went through, worked for Wells Fargo, mm-hmm. made lots of money, almost committed suicide twice, found God, but he, his whole perspective is like that, pulling yourself up. That's why it's like, I'm not distracted by what's going over and over there in yep. Ukraine because George Soros said we should be supporting them, and that some bitch can rot in hell. Yes, and he can. So I learned like that's not what we need to be paying attention. We need to pay attention to what the World Economic Forum is saying, what policies they're putting, what puppets they're putting around, yep. and then also figure out what's going on with the financial system. And that's where we have to pay attention. That's why I brought on my friend Brady Malone when we talked about cryptocurrency because mm-hmm. there's people around the United States right now that are getting their businesses shut down through like PayPal, Venmo, because they're, they, the company finds out they do stuff around firearms, 2A, first A type stuff, and the left – the the agenda, the deep state, the cabal, don't like freedom. They exactly. don't like it. And the worst part is they've got a lot of people brainwashed. Yeah, they do. They do. They I do. mean, the left will say the same thing about us, but... Mm-hmm. But we just want to be left alone. Yeah. Most libertarians want to be left alone. We want more of our own money, because in this way, the studies have shown that the, the more the people are left alone, the more money they have, they're more genuine with their money. They're more yeah. genuine with their time. Time is more valuable than money because I can come up there and help you, Ryan, and move stuff around your farm or do whatever you need, and that's going to be more valuable than me giving you a thousand bucks. Because now you got to now it's like, well, I got a thousand bucks. What am I do? I'm going to go hire somebody to do this. But it's like you appreciate my work ethic behind Absolutely. it because you and I are in the, both in the same mindset is that our day is going to start at sunrise and it's not going to end until the job's done. Until the job is done. Absolutely. I don't quit when I'm tired. I quit when I'm done. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I'm four weeks out of my podcast. Like this podcast is not going to come out for a week or for for a month, but it's everything else is all planned up for it. And I've I've realized that if I want to help my guests prepare for a conversation, Mm -hmm. because this is all advertising for them. I don't charge people for this stuff because it's fun. This is absolutely fun. This is my way of collecting memories because I don't know if I'm going to suffer from Alzheimer's or dementia or not because from from either – Biological circumstances or extenuating circumstances, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but exactly. I know dementia and Alzheimer's falls in my family genes. Yep. same. It's the same here. Heart disease, you know. Genetics are the gun. It's your lifestyle that pulls the trigger, but you don't know what's going to happen. No, you do not. None of us do. That's what, that, what, that is why I want to make sure that my life... I do something impactful to change at least one person's life every day that I live, that I'm here. I want to know that I made a difference. One of the greatest things I ever heard in my life was Ed Milet. He was on Impact Theory with uh, Tom Bilyeu. Okay. Now, uh, I've t- we've touched on Christianity here. This might not be what the Bible says or what God says, but it's a perspective. And it really changed how I live my life, too. It is my belief that God has the perfect version of us 
of ourselves in heaven, the twin version of ourselves that is absolutely perfect, the way God intends us to live our life. Okay. God never intended any of us to live poor and to struggle. All right, I'm and following. He, I believe that he, and I'm a firm believer in it, that God has the perfect version of, of us, the twin version of ourselves that is absolutely perfect, very fulfilling of what God intended us to do. All right, I'm following. Uh, in our yeah. lives here. My greatest fear is that I die today, I go to heaven, and I meet that perfect version of myself, and we're complete strangers. I live my life every day to live it full, to be impactful in somebody else's life, at least one other person's life. I get to heaven, and I meet that other version of myself, the version that God intended me to be, and I know him very well. I don't know him completely, but I know him very well. All right. You understand I've, what you follow what I'm saying? I am. I've never heard of a perspective such as this because the the Bible to me and spirituality, like the Bible itself, is it's, it's psychology in yes. a book, and it's like it's the reading of the words that allows you to have those emotions that resonate with you that create the vibrations yep. that are necessary, and that and that's what kind of changes your whole your whole point of view in life because yes. you could be going down a dark hall but you read certain things in like Job Job is one of my favorite books sure. just because of like the trials and tribulations and like and, uh, you know and if you, if you understand that thoroughly because it could it could take you 17 times to read that book but once you understand it fully and you go through all these trials and tribulations like I could mess up my knee I, I messed up my hip a couple of years ago but it's those trials that allowed me to overcome it but it also making sure I, I don't Take I need to I need to take this injury seriously, and that's I think that's what an, an aspect yep. of Job allows you to look at is sure. like just because you may have a drought or you have a famine or something bad happens to you, you can't just dwell in that management. You take it seriously, but then you start asking questions. Like I think it's there's a couple there's a, there's like like you know how I mentioned Murphy's law. There's another aspect of it. There's another person that came up with something. As soon as you write the problem down, you're halfway to the solution. Absolutely. That's a good, yeah. So it's like yeah. if you write down, I want, I need to make a thousand dollars a month. You writing it down in physical form yes. is, is your way of casting a spell upon your mind yes. to figure out how you're going to achieve that role, whether it's through relationships you've established or just all of a sudden a investment pays off. It's like this is amazing. Now, now since I've achieved this, what do I do with that thousand dollars? Yep. Do do I? Do I buy something? Do I reinvest it to it? Or What's do your I, intent? Yeah, exactly. What is your po- – because it's like that intent can be positive or ill. Absolutely. And that's where it comes down to. Like for me, I've been doing really well in my life, so it's like I decided to take $163, and I paid tickets to go see Dr. Jordan Peterson for a meet and greet. That's awesome. And that right there, like yep. I've been racking my brain on what I want to ask him that's going to benefit – like well, how is this going to – interact with my life and like what kind of wisdom can I obtain for him because we're going to be listening to about one of his newest books and such and it's going to be an interesting concept because yep. he has a he's like when he did his full 187 tour then he got sick yep and then he and that, that set him back for two years so that pretty much took him until like, this is his first time getting back on touring okay. since uh since uh 2019 but yep. he's gotten so much more in involved with his soul and his, yes. his, his purpose that it's like it's when you see him have conversation he'll break down in tears on, on, you bet he will on public because he is now whole, one with himself he's, he's centered to, yes. centered that's what I'm getting with 
And like I met a gentleman, his name's Rod. He's going to be at uh, Toma Warren Sparta shoot here coming up in May. Okay. And listen to his testimonial, like going through his struggles that almost brought Alicia and I to our tears. But we were we were real close. But it's like it was just so powerful that that he saw um, Chris Ham's video on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it touched him. He figured out how to reach out to him. Then after having a conversation with Chris, he put him in touch with Tyson. Tyson put a bow in his hand, and I met him there. That's awesome. It was. It's just like you can't explain the the greater force of all of that goodness. But now he is going to be able to get himself out of his shell, recognize some of the things that he needs to work on to help him out mentally, but help him with his wife and his kids because his kids are five and eight. It's going to now. It's going to create a stronger bond. It's going to give him a reason to live because it's yeah. like he quoted uh, Shawshank Redemption: "If you don't hurry up, uh, start living, you're just going to make you get busy dying." Yeah, and it's like I'm a bridge. It's loosely, but you get what I'm saying. But it's yes. it is something that resonated with myself because it's like I, I'm, I've decided to get busy living because now I'm, I'm looking forward to all these new adventures I'm putting myself specifically involved with because I never thought about going out to hunt Miriam turkeys until this year to my buddy Craig James out of uh, Backwoods Fit up there in Green Bay. He's like, yep. hey, do you want to go do this? Like, sure, let's go do it. And then then through his uh, conversation with his wife and his work and, and his uh, uh, CrossFit training, it just didn't, make, it didn't fit. Sure. So I was like... I'm, they're not going anywhere. Nebraska's got a, a fantastic uh, a program to keep the, the numbers well um, flourished. And the cool thing is that the first opening week, first two weeks of opening, it's bow only, mm-hmm. which is I absolutely love that states are doing that. Because granted, the probability is, well, it's, it's no different than shooting a bird with a gun. Yeah. It's just, it's they, they, they want to encourage archery because that gets you out in front of a TV. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, going back, it, you know, some of your what you were saying reminded me of a quote that uh, I just heard Les Brown say: "Most people die when they're eight or twenty-five. Most people die when they're twenty-five, and they don't get buried until they're sixty-five. That's how they wow. That's yeah. that's perspective. That's 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 uh, that's some perspective right there. You sir. bet it is. You know that that was an eye-opening thing too, and you know." Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want you to think that Jeff and I are sitting here beating our chests. We, you know, we've come to where we are. You know, we, we've both come from struggle and strife, like many of you have, and you're in control. Who's in control of your life? You have to ask yourself that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, building building my business basically came out of you know a, you know I grew up. In dairy farming, you know, I've always been an independent entrepreneurial spirit. And, you know, it's led me, I took jobs. I took the jobs where, you know, after I got out of farming, where I was punching a clock and I just, there was no fulfillment in it for me. I hopped around from job to job. Um, A couple of them I I really liked. There's no doubt about it. But punching a clock every day and being consumed by that job not being able to do the things I wanted to do when I wanted to do it is what led me to where I am today. Um, and it's all based on my mentor, you know, the mentors I've had in my life, good friends I've had in my life, you know, the, and that I've met along the way um, on this journey of personal development. And, you know, it led me to you, Jeff, 
Um, it led, it's led me to a lot of great people in my life, a lot of great influences and people that I look up to and admire and respect. You know, um, everybody served a purpose in my life, be it negative or positive impact on my life. Correct. Everybody's been there. It's served a purpose in my life. Who I want to be, who I don't want to be, um, who I want to surround myself with, who I don't want to surround myself with. And it's not that the negative people are bad people. It's just, it doesn't serve me. And I'm sure people say the same thing about me, and I don't care what they say about me or anything, but we're here to help. You know? Yeah, that's don't hesitate to ever reach out exactly. for assistance. Exactly. That's the biggest thing is like that's what I think a lot of men struggle with. Yep. May not I don't I don't necessarily I can't comment about females because I'm only relating to my perspective, yep. but reaching out for health help in the male perspective is not easy because Absolutely. we have societal pressures, we have parental pressures, because like my dad grew up without having a, um, plumbing until the 70s, yep. so it's like you have that in perspective, and it's one of those things where like reaching out for help is very difficult, and it's like you, you cannot feed a closed mouth you know Absolutely. it's like you've got to be able to reach out Absolutely. to somebody and talk that's all about personal development i mean anybody that's listening yep. to this, this this these last where are we at right now we're at like an hour and 15 minutes wow. it's all about personal development it, and it is. all of the impacts that we've had positively and negatively and, and the one thing i want to i want to get very clear jeff and i are not about the money yes it's allowed us to purchase nice things in our life. We all want nice things in our life. There's no question about it. But the one cliche that people need to get out of their head is that money is the root of all evil, that the love of money is the root of all evil. I love money because the more I have, the more good I can share with the world. Mm -hmm. It allows me to be in places without being present, being physically present. The more I have, the more good I can do without being physically present there. I mean, what a powerful statement that was by one of my mentors that I never got to meet in his life, and that was Bob Proctor. He had a great impact on my life. You know, I, I'll never forget the date. It was August 8th, 2017, flipping through YouTube on personal development. I plugged in something like on goal setting. I'd never set a tangible goal in my life, never really written it down. Yeah. And Brian Tracy come on, but as... As the algorithms of YouTube, because I was playing it over and over again, and as the algorithm picked up on that, Bob Proctor popped up in the playlist. Okay. And I absolutely fell in love with that guy's perspective. I owe a great deal of my success in my life in the last five years to that man. I never got to meet him. He died at the beginning of February of this year. But that man lived a complete full life. His circumstances, his story was just tremendous from his humble beginnings. And my big, you know, I didn't grow up, I grew up in the average middle class family. Yes. And I'm very grateful for how I, how I grew up. But I always heard a lot of things repeating in my life. I can't afford that. I don't have time. You know, you, you always say, you know, a lot of people always say, you know, I don't have time to do it. A child comes up to you and asks you to do something. I don't have time. Look at where else that shows up in your life. Or I can't afford it. You can afford anything you desire. You can afford anything you truly desire in your life. Like cigarette smoking. Yes. Like a yes. drug. Like a drug. You will uh -huh. always find the money to get that drug that you crave, to get that high that you crave. 
-hmm. You will always find the money. It may not come from that one job. You will always find the money. That's where money can be the root of all evil because money, people will do whatever they have to do for money. And if that means killing somebody, they'll do it. Yes. And that, yes, that yes. is where the, you know, money is the root of all evil can come from. That's for sure. Because people will do what they have to do in order for them to survive. So true. It Amen is, to that, brother. Yep. You know, so in a sense, that's where they're right that money is the root of all evil. But it's not, because the more I have, the more good I can share with the world. Mm -hmm. And I wish, the one thing I do wish, and I don't say I wish a lot, I never say I don't have time, that's one thing that I've gotten over in my life, I don't have to, I have time for everybody. When my child is begging, begging for my attention, if I'm sitting there wasting time on my phone, and my child comes up to me begging for my attention, wham, that yeah. phone gets set aside, and I'm at full attention, full presence. Yeah. People put the phones down. That's that's a nice thing about like we grew up with without the technology. A absolutely. And so when we needed our parents' attention, it was there. Like when when uh, I was growing up, when my after my parents separated in the nineties, that when we were with my father, like from the second we stepped through his doorstep, his attention was completely on us. It wasn't until as we as we progressed a little bit older where he can manage his time a little mm -hmm. bit differently. But it always provided us with opportunities and. What he would do is like he set us up always for success. Yes. He never told us we couldn't do something. He just he would he would ask, "What do you? What are the steps to achieve X or Y?" Not necessarily in, the, in those in those in that framing, but that's like non-verbally what was going on and such. And that what has allowed my brother and I to be successful in our own right because he's up in Minneapolis kicking ass. I'm down here in, in Wisconsin kicking ass, yep. and, and that's just how it goes. Like my drug of choice now is I want to create memories. Yes. And money is how I'm able to do that because now it's like once I get my child support paid for, my life or my life insurance policy paid for, and my rent paid for, and everything else paid for, then that's when I can do that because yes. you got to set aside your priorities. And then because it's it's weird how people like structure themselves around their financial obligations, yep. but it's like you need to keep striving for it because if you want to achieve your next level, you just got to figure out ways to do it. and You got to yeah. ask questions. But and if it fails, it's just money. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to fail, people. That's what holds so many people back is the fear of failing. And that couldn't go back to the school systems. That's where, the that's where it plays in play and play in effect yeah. because it how it's and how we reward success. Because I, one perspective I just recently learned from a child psychologist is that you want to reward not the A's, but the C's. And using different tonalities and different keywords to make people feel that make them feel successful because one thing that I learned is like I never push myself because it's like I always felt like I'm always looking for approval yes that's what up until I I woke myself up and there's a book called no more Mr. Nice Guy I mentioned it on the the After Dark podcast but what it is is it's a book about this gentleman's experiences doctor's experience going starting from 2003 until he finished in like mid to, mid to late 2000s mm -hmm. but what it was is like he talked about like all of our interactions and stuff like that and when it comes down to like masculinity and stuff like that and how you got to get rid of the mr nice guy and, be, and all about that purpose of development and moving you on to your next stages of life because a lot of times a lot of the examples in the book he would discuss is like people it's their their where they got their approval from. And that comes down to the psychological yes. aspect of it. And like, you need to pay attention to what you're telling your kids and how you're rewarding them. Yes. And so this way then it encourages them to take risks because you don't want them to not take risks. Cause it's like, 
we want them to experience things, but that's where when they come to us about powerful life advice, it's like the biggest thing I could tell my daughter is like sleep on it. And if your emotions still remain the same as you feel now, then it's something that should be acted upon. But yes. if it's something that it was just a a lustful thing, yes. like where like it was just like oh this is excitement, but if if it doesn't transfer over the next day or the next day, or sleep on it for weeks or months, just take that time and listen to your your soul, listen to your gut, because I think the gut is like a, a very a center focal point of your soul. Yeah, because it's like that because that transfer because your, your gut is what runs your entire body and that's where it comes down to prior, prior yep. proper diet and stuff like that but you want to allow yourself to digest the, yes. the notion because it's like kind of like the, the, the getting back to the fiber laser thing this is like this is 24 36 months in, in processing process and then now it's only the last like six months where I've put further detail and, and research into it it's kind of like when you look at tools for epic whitetail habitat mm-hmm. what tools are going to be valuable to you all right then it's like okay well now i now i know x y and z what i need to have in my truck at all times mm-hmm. and then it's like that you get your first set then you get your second set because we all know it's better to have two than one because if you look at the the military aspect of it it's like one is none two is one yeah. So this way, then you always have a backup. That's why when somebody says, like when somebody talks about their, their firearm collection, they only they may have five. That's the average. Yeah. And because because that those folks that understand that sentiment will always have more than one. Like we have my between my wife and I, we have four different pistols. We have multiple long guns. But yep. the, it's not only for for putting food on the table, but also for defense. Because there's going to be, if if the, the the matrix reset happens while during my lifetime and when things go south like art imitates life and we've all gone and gone through these scenarios yeah. where how c- destructive situations can be and it, when people talk about food hoarding or when they're talking about prepping it's like it's like it's there's prepping and there's food hoarding but or hoarding in a sense it, it, it's yeah. a fine line yes it is but it's like I'd rather be I'd rather have it not need it need it not have it exactly Rather be prepared and never have the opportunity than to have the opportunity and not be prepared. It, there you go. It, you that know, logic's right there. Exactly. So many people have this perspective that the Second Amendment was put into place to protect our rights as hunters, and that's not true at all. No. It's not about hunting. That's 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 the the propaganda that was absolutely. Changed. And the other one I like. Well, the Second Amendment was written in a time of muskets. I think our forefathers had enough perspective enough foresight to see that technology would change and your rights as a man of God, a child of God, do not change because ch- because technology changes. And I think this also Because that can down go to- back to everything. That can go back to computers, your car, everything. There was no motorized vehicles in 1776 when this was all being mm-hmm. fought for. And I think a lot of that comes down to their own internal experience like yeah because some of these guys wrote it in the 30s and their 40s but they've probably seen a lot of technical advances from when they started pr- putting food on the table until they went to war because a lot of those men that were in that room that wrote that the, uh, the declaration of independence very intelligent people. went to war yes they went to war and they saw the progression of war manufacturing medical aspects stuff like that yes. so they saw all that stuff absolute geniuses the drafters of the constitution absolute geniuses but all based on their faith and their and on commitment top of that to too, They were never part of the cabal or Luciferian religions Absolutely. and stuff like that because it's like we're starting to see like the, the skull and bones and all these different aspects Symbols. 
of because one thing we've you and I both learned that the people thrive off of symbology and symbol symbolism. Yes, not symbology. Sim- that's that's symbolism. that's a. That's a uh, Yep, yep. I know what you mean. Yeah, from good old boondock saints. But yeah. this, the symbolism that we've all gone through, it's like whether it be biblical or demonic, there's all these different symbols out there. And as, as we, as I've gotten older and as I become more spiritual, as, your, as our awareness has grown. Exactly. You start seeing the evil that's perpetrated through the television to provide the absolutely. programming. Subliminal messages. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, you're absolutely right. And it's weird. It's like for those of us that understand this stuff, that are that are that are that have been awoken by God, we see the stuff. Yes. The ones and the ones awoken by devil see the exact same thing too. Yes, they that's do. why we're constantly always in this battle between good and evil. Yes, and th- that's the worst part is that evils managed to make their way into the World Economic Forum, into the Congress, into the White House, into the Senate. All of this unique thing. It's they're not there to serve us. These are just obviously just puppets for the elite families because there's families out there that we know that make enough money that they, they purposely pull themselves out. But these are families that go back to the the biblical times that have managed to be able to manipulate and they need their money through technology, through slavery, through war. Because it's like once you learn about the military-industrial complex, the, the Vietnam War was all about trying to maintain a consistent state of war. So yeah. we were always pulling in money. Yeah. Then they succeeded with the war on terror. Same thing. The war on drugs. Yep. They're there was, they're never meant to be. They're never meant to end. Absolutely. You know this whole Obama thing. You know was supposed to be a sixteen year plan. Hillary was supposed to win that election, get us into World War Three. What's going on now, people in Ukraine and about to happen in Taiwan is not the start of World War Three. If you study it, you will understand, as Jeff and I have. But it is not the start of World War Three like That's the media you wants. You got to dig into Albert Pike. Absolutely, the, the Freemason. Now, to keep in mind that there are also there's good actors in oh, the Freemasons yeah. and there's bad actors in Freemasons. Absolutely. But Albert Pike predicted World War One, World War Two, and then almost down to a literal T. But he's also predicted World War Three. But it's all going to come down to a combination of creating a singular yes. religion. And guess what? Our lovely Pope is doing the exact same fucking thing. You damn right he is. He's, he, 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 he's he, not the saint that people want to think that he is. Oh, you, uh-huh. good, you good Catholics that are listening out there, he is not your saint and savior. Um, oh no, and like and how, how Pope John Paul II, like the, because like he survived World War One, World War Two, but yeah. it's like he was the biggest pusher of pedophilia. Absolutely. He moved everybody around. No, and during people his papacy, never stop that's why like when i when you as, as i've gotten older with um Sinead o'connor and stuff like that when she ripped up his paper his picture on snl back in 1992 it's like yes she was on to something you bet she was why do you think jfk got assassinated uh because he wanted to dismantle the cia absolutely why do you think lee harvey oswald the suspected killer of jfk got killed himself the very same day because he, because they, because they knew that it was, they, he was the fall guy. He was specifically the fall guy. Yep, absolutely. Why do you think they tried to assassinate freaking Ronald Reagan? That one I'm not sure because he also passed the. the that the, is the, true. The, the the no child or the the child safety protection act. Yep. Which now allows pharmacy like Pfizer, yeah, Johnson, right. Donna, Moderna, or Johnson Johnson, Moderna to be immune from financial liability. So anytime you see these lawsuits about. Adverse reactions. You're not suing the company. You're suing America because well, that's how he wrote it. So yep. maybe you can show me why or tell me why he had the attempted assassination 
on him back in 80, was 86 or 87? No, it was like 1981 or 82. Oh, earlier on. It was earlier on. Okay, yep. all right. Yep. So I know he was president for more majority of the decade. Yeah, he was in there for eight years, served full, two full terms. But I think it was like 1981, his first or second year in office. Okay. Um, what the hell was the attempted assassin's name? Um, anyway, because like JFK... Like Donald Trump, they didn't. He was he was set in. You know, he was elected, and his agenda was eventually to to uh, um, what do I want to say? Would have been Nassara because I know yeah. Jasara and Nassara were written back in the early eighties yeah. to bring us back to the gold standard Absolutely. from when the when the cabal put. Um, uh, Nixon in a place to pull us yeah. off the gold standard. That's yeah. why we have the inflation day. So remember, guys, if you're those who are listening to us, whether you're whether in stateside or over in UK, this inflation is man-made. Yep. You know, and uh, it is. It it, it is. Um, you look at the purchasing power of the dollar; it's terrible. Down eighty-six percent. Yep. In the last three years, because and then on top of that, too, we just passed the omnibus bill. That was $1.3 trillion, mm-hmm. and a bunch of that money is going to Lazinski uh, uh, there over there in Zelensky, Ukraine. Yep. Zelensky, I think that's, I'm not, I may be off by one of the octaves or syllables. And yep, stuff. yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, Reagan was about to expose the cabal, too, just like Kennedy was. Kennedy got assassinated because he was going to expose the cabal. And it was the same, and that's why the Democrats hated Donald Trump so bad is because he disrupted the 16-year plan for four years. Yes. And that's why for four years the Democrats never got a goddamn thing done because they spent their entire time trying to find something on Donald Trump to get him the fuck out of office. And he was a businessman. He run this country the way it's supposed to be run as a business. We've been taken advantage of by so many other countries, and now you've got one. You've got the weakest president and vice president, basically the entire administration that the United States has ever seen. But in that's the all been done by design, too, because yeah, of the absolutely, agenda. absolutely. And these other countries see it, and they see how weak we are. Again, we're not even a country people, and we're. I don't think we're, we're not weak. We just have a weak, weak representation. Yes, because absolutely. the leaders, he's a puppet. He's, yes. he's his mouth is yep. being run by uh, by Jen Psaki. Absolutely. So. You know, we're we're str- as a people, we're strong. Yes, and that's what Trump wanted to do was bring everything back to the people, and he still is, and he's still a champion for the people. Why is he still out there? Any other previous president has never held rallies like Trump is. What is really going on here, people? It's the apocalypse, which is a.k.a. the awakening. Absolutely. It's the great awakening. Why is Trump still holding these rallies? Why hasn't the military went into Ukraine? Like so many people want Biden to do is to send the military. Who's in charge? Who is really in charge? Klaus Schwab. Yeah, he yeah. wrote he wrote the book COVID nineteen the great absolutely great, the great reset. But people don't recognize that type of uh, manipulation. I talked to a friend of mine on Friday and stuff like that, and it's like he wanted to not talk about it because it's like if because it's like I, I told him there's a timeline about the World Economic Forum that it all comes true because right now all I'm yes. waiting for right now is the beginning of the cyber attacks, which is going to happen pretty it's soon. Because and then also Bill Gates a month ago told us that there's going to be another pandemic, yeah. or scandemic, however you want to however you want to word it. Yep. 
Well, isn't it funny that Bill Gates said that two days later Russia went into Ukraine? Oh, yeah, because it was a distraction. Oh, but there's, there's, there's no biolabs. There's no biolabs in the Ukraine. And then all of a sudden the media narrative started to change. Oh, there are these biolabs in Ukraine. Adrenochrome, the amount of kids they've rescued and stuff like that. Absolutely. And on top of that, you don't forget, these kids are still coming over to America because America is, consumes the highest amount of child pornography oh, out of anybody oh, out there. Oh, oh, absolutely. Fuck that bullshit because we're talking about the truth and the truth does not want to be heard. And the truth hurts, don't it? Oh, yes, it does. But boy, does it set you free. <laughs> oh, does it ever... Does now, anyways, it? we're getting way off to the deep topic. Yes, we are. This is why you're going to come on my Amer- on the uh, the uh, After Dark podcast. Absolutely. And Idna is also Idna, or however she however pronounced her, because I always see it. It's like it's weird in how the 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 consonants and the vowels are lined up. It's like I always butcher, but she's interested too. And it's like, but you and I have both have her in common. So yes. if we ever need something researched, she will find it. Oh yeah, she uh, will find the information. Idina. Yeah, Idina. Yep. There we go. Yep. But she is so well organized. Like, oh, th- she, she ever. She, I think she should be part of the Daily Wire. But honestly, I think she'd be better I off with Infowars. Did she get censored again? Because I don't see her I, on social. She may have. She yep. very may, may have. I did, and I got censored for telling the truth about um, UW Madison. Oh yes, about that. About them about pulling the, that the, the College of Agriculture down yeah. there and their short course program that they've had for 136 years. 136 years of history done. It's it's not done. It's still part of the curriculum, but it's not a credit curriculum anymore. That's where it's like that's where we're taking the credibility out of it. Yeah. you've we've talked about well, and we haven't talked about it, but what are your thoughts on CRISPR about gene editing for cows, for Holsteins and stuff like that? Because they're that's gonna be that just got approved by the most expensive advertising agency, the FDA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. FDA corrupt organization. Oh, 100%. If there, if there ever was. Um, you know, it's a topic that I really don't want to get into. Well, I think we can say that for a different point. But anyways, I so. I wa- we're already at an hour and a half into our conversation. Yes. We, I want to talk about your hunting season, man, because oh, you are the only one out of my entire feed that capitalized on a turkey. But I want to talk about the, the bucks you shot, too, as well. Yep. Um, 2021 was a great year. Um, it all goes back to 2020 and it all goes back to staying focused staying disciplined on the business and how bad i want my business to succeed yes um when the pandemic hit you know we're going to digress back to 2020 when the pandemic hit i had people reaching out to me in in a negative way you know boy this will really put a damper in in your business put a put a stake in your business okay what are you going to do and all that it was the greatest turning point in a positive way for my business. Even for me, was. too. Even for my podcast. Absolutely. You know, well, number one, people were getting stimulus money f- for COVID, COVID yeah. stimulus. So they had extra money to play with. The last two years, going on three year, three seasons now, my business has skyrocketed more than I ever thought. But why? Because I wanted it to. I stayed in business. I wanted to quit. I wanted to throw in the towel many times. Really? Even, even in my own seasons of winter, you know, like during hunting season, I don't get a lot of business as far as going out and meeting with clients during hunting season. Okay. Things can get a little tight on that end. On that end. I'm, I'm not saying I don't make enough money to survive and all that okay. stuff, you know. I have different avenues. Make sure you're bringing the mic. You can, this I'm sorry. Yeah, I have different, uh, different sources of income, multiple sources of income. But in that perspective, just from that one perspective, it gets a little tight on that end. But it all comes back to how bad do I want it? Who is my competition? I'm my only competition. 
your hero in the competition. I, I talked about that with Shay, and I talked about that with uh, um, Al Quackenbush, yeah. too. We're, we're, I don't treat others as my competition. I am my own competition. Absolutely. All the competition that outsiders think that I have, they're all good friends of mine. We share and brainstorm ideas on how we can make our own personal businesses better. I'm always bouncing ideas off. It's not that I'm trying to copy anybody at all, but they they bring a different perspective to the table just like anything. And we learn from each other. That's what life is about is learning from each other. Mm-hmm. Collaboration. It doesn't matter if they're in your industry or outside your industry, whatever. You're, you're not in competition with anyone but yourself. And, you know, that's the constant thing that, I think about every single day when I wake up, my biggest thing that motivates me to stay the course is my reasons why. My, my, my number one reason is my family. Yes. And the legacy I want to build and leave for my family. Um, yeah, so many of us, you know, we're probably only ever going to be remembered for two, maybe three generations. Um, and that may be true about me. It may be true about you as well. But it's my belief that I want to build build a legacy where I'm remembered for many generations. Yeah, at least I like say with mine, I can set up an account. And like, Absolutely. As oh, long as there's 15 bucks a month, it'll always be up there and Absolutely. running. Absolutely. But I, I want to create that generational wealth. My thoughts are what it comes into legacy, because legacy could be very interesting with your 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 um, offspring, because some will will buckle into oh, the pressure, absolutely. or others will utilize that and continue to thrive on capitalize it, but, upon it, yep. but also but may not continue during your down your footsteps, but using that confidence and that notoriety to help them do something yep. different. Absolutely, and that's what I would love for. Like I do this podcast to show my daughter that hey. You could do anything you want. It's like I'm a, just a dumb hick from Iowa that managed yes. to put some stuff together on technology and make it work, and here we are. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think uh, I heard Will Smith one time talking about his children. You know, well, you know, my mommy and daddy are rich. You're right. Mommy and daddy are rich. It's up to you to build your wealth. Yes, you may get your inheritance, but it's up to you to keep it. Yeah, Donald Trump was a prime example of it because it's like people say like, oh, he got money from his dad. Well, it's like, do you know how nice it would be to? But he turned into a multi-billion-dollar corporate corporation and, and, and flourished underneath his dad. And it, it, he, his dad probably never thought Absolutely. what he was going to be able and to do. And now you see what Trump's children are doing. You know, Ivanka, holy shit, she is the epitome of what entrepreneurship is. Wow, if you follow her at all, man, she's just she's there and she's going to build continue to capitalize off of that legacy. She has built generational wealth well beyond her years. You know, I have a lot of respect for that. I don't care what you think about the Trump family or anything. I respect him very, very deeply. I don't care if you like the man or not, Donald Trump himself. I respect the man for what he's built. Yeah, he might have grown up in a family with money, but what he's built and capitalized on upon that... But, you know, we're getting off topic again. Yeah, let's get politics. back to your, your hunting season. Here, you know, people don't bother my hunting season. Yep. 2020 was a great year. Um, but 2021 was an even more phenomenal year in business and in my hunting season. You know, I, I'm, I'm constantly learning about the property that's been in my family for well beyond, you know, the time I was born, well before that, you know, and I'm constantly learning. I'm 44 years old, and I'm still learning about our eight, you know, my primary proving grounds where I do a lot of my videos from. Yes. You know, my educational videos on my YouTube channel. And uh, 
I'm still learning about that every day. And one of the things, because I got into an area that I've never really concentrated my hunting efforts on before. And I established a new food plot in this area. And um, one of the things I learned was how the wind interacts with the ridge system that runs east and west through our property. Um, it could be a southwest wind. And you think that this stand is not set up for a southwest wind, but it wraps around this point that extends out to the north, and it actually, on a southwest wind, will actually push my wind back to the south because it swirls in there. Okay. I've learned the swirling wind. And from October 31st through about the 4th or 5th of November, okay, I had four or five days of the greatest rut action I have ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah? I've been hunting. I started with my dad when I was six years old, first grade, 1984. It's been in my blood ever since. It's all I ever wanted to do was find a way to create a life that put me in the woods for the rest of my life. Dairy farming allowed it, but dairy farming consumed a lot of my time. Always told that I could never make a living deer hunting, sharing my story about deer hunting or anything like that. Yeah. And that's total bullshit when I realized it myself. And it helped me establish my business to take a chance, to go all in, to leap, take that leap of faith. But I still am learning every single day about even just my own property that I've hunted my my whole life. I had the greatest rut experience in those four or five, six days, whatever it was. Yeah. Seeing one of the biggest bucks I've ever seen on our property. I missed him once. Had a shot at him. I think that was the 14th of October this past fall. All right. Um, probably shouldn't a shot. It was still shooting, shooting hour, legal shooting time, but it was just dark enough in the wood setting that I was in where I really couldn't make out my pins, but I took a chance anyway because he was so close. Thank God I missed the deer. Mm-hmm. Um, Real cool encounter. I didn't realize it was the buck until he was passing underneath me, and then I finally was able to get a shot at him as he got out far okay. enough. Because I'm not going to take a straight down shot on a deer at all. But no. I ended up I ended up missing him simply because I I hit a limb with my arrow that I did not see in between them. That's just kind of how it, how it always goes. That's how yeah. it always goes, and uh, didn't really spook the deer. It, it, it's it spooked him, yes, but not to a point where he was just dead gone. He run about 30-yard stop. Basically, he like, what the heck just happened? Yeah, he was spooked. He wasn't yep. sure what's going on. So that lets you just, know that your scent control and your position absolutely. Your was right on money. Absolutely. And that was the 14th of October. Fast forward to the 31st of October, and uh, rut kicking in, pre-rut, full swing of the rut kicking in. And, you know, I was seeing bucks that I had on camera, and I have a lot of daylight activity on our on our 80 acres simply because of the amount of pressure that I don't put on the property, only hunting it when in the correct winds for certain stands. Yeah. Um, when weather patterns, you know, those nice October cold fronts, November cold fronts that come in. Okay. Um, the rut. Um, I'm not overpressuring the property. Now, I'm not saying and I'm not trying to tell anybody how to utilize their land, but if you want to have greater success as far as seeing daylight movement, you don't have to shoot a deer in order to have success. It's about the quality of your hunt. And if you want the quality of your hunts to increase, it's about 
the amount of pressure you put on your land, creating, and this is taken from Steve Bartilla, one of the great managers that I look up to in, as far as habitat and hunting strategy management. Yeah. Um, creating high odds, low impact stand locations. You know, everybody wants to go to the deepest parts of their woods. I know guys with 200, 300 acres, they have three stands. They're waiting for the conditions to be right, and they're hunting the edges of their property. It may be right up the middle, but they're not going into the heart of where deer are during the daylight and constantly. And just, you know, I've been doing habitat and hunting strategy improvement on my own. I have three properties, one that we bought in 2016, but I have two properties that I've that my family has had my entire life, and that's our family farm and the 80 that I talk about quite frequently. Um, One of the biggest things is just the amount of pressure we put on it. You know, anything can happen at any time. That's true. You can hunt a stand over and over and over again, and eventually you will kill a buck. But if you want more consistency, more quality, it all comes down to two things in my perspective the amount of pressure you put on the property, especially smaller properties. The smaller your property is, the more attention to the details you have to pay. Yeah, I used to hunt a five-acre land and stuff like that, and there was one year I didn't do a whole lot. The second year did a whole bunch more, saw a lot less action. And then the following year, it's like then I saw a whole bunch more action. Yes. So, but, it was, but it's like it was, I, only, I only focused on the outskirts and where I knew where I could stay, I can walk from the field edges in and then just walk a few yards in, that's it. Yep. So I wanted to go because I wanted them to be able to be natural so this way then when they come up into the normal the normal travel corridors, I want to be able to capitalize Absolute, on that. Absolutely, you know, and that's, when I started my business, you know, it's still family-owned land. My dad is in control of it, which is fine, which was fine at that time in my life. But, you know, bringing in what I had learned from other habitat managers at that time and taking the things that they taught me and implementing those strategies under our own property because, you know, we're old school. You know, my family is old school. My dad is old school. You know, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and my dad can even remember a time when if you saw a white-tailed deer in Jackson County, Wisconsin, on the west side in ag country, that was a hell of an experience to see a white-tailed deer. My grandpa back in, there were no white-tails around here when my grandfather was a kid back in the 20s and 30s and early 40s. He can remember the first white-tailed deer coming around western Jackson County, and uh, it was a rarity. But, you know, back then, you hunted ag fields, and you got in the woods, you know, and you hunted any chance you got. You hunted, you know, if you had if you had even an hour after work, you went in and you hunted, and it didn't matter. Nobody paid attention, you know, to, you know, smoking cigarettes, and I'm not saying, you know, I know plenty of people that still smoke in the woods, and they get, but they've, they got, they've gotten they a little smarter about wind, yeah. wind direction, how the wind swirl in ridge yeah. country, everything else. Yes, anything can happen at any time, but you have to think like a predator. Yes. You have to think like a predator. Concealing your movements, moving at the right time, knowing where the prime hunting grounds are. You know, yeah, a predator is a simple-minded creature, you know, be it a mountain lion, a wolf, a coyote, whatever they are. They're, they're simple-minded. They're not capable of critical thinking. But I do believe that they have an element in their mind. They know how to hunt. They're effective mm-hmm. hunters. And that's the way we got to get back to 
And it's so simple, but yet it's so overlooked. And one of the greatest fulfilling things just happened yesterday. I was on a client property in Buffalo County, Wisconsin. You know, it goes back to the definition of insanity. What's the definition of an insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Uh-huh. Well, now, you know, they hired me, you know, because they just weren't seeing the mature bucks that everybody else around them had been seeing and harvesting the last few years. And, you know, one of the greatest joys that I experienced and took away from last night was they appreciated that I brought in a different perspective and it opened their eyes to a different way of doing things. Now, is, I take it, is, is this something that you, you taught yourself or did you get from other feedback? I got from, from other... Um, a lot of it come from my own experiences, of course. Yeah. But one of the greatest influences on my own life and what really inspired me, who really inspired me to kind of go after my dream was a gentleman by the name of Jess Sturgis, who many of you know if you're into improving the habitat on your land. You yeah, know, you've he's mentioned very... to him several times. Yes. mentioned him to me several times. Yes. Cause don't you have a, a personal relationship with Mr. Sturgis? Um, kind of a personal relationship. Um, I met Jeff in person several years ago. Um, friends of mine, very close friends of mine, and um, hired Jeff to come to their property yeah. and do a property evaluation, hunting strategy evaluation on their property. And I was invited to come along and spend the day with Jeff. Um, I haven't been in person with Jeff since that time, but, you know, we'll chat once in a while on social media, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I follow him. I follow him. I'll comment on his YouTube channel and stuff, you know, and Jeff has brought a lot of other great ideas in my own experiences. And people can think that I'm a copycat all they want to. I learned from all the greats. Don Higgins is a big one. Jake Ellinger, Randy Vanderveen, um, Jim Brocker. I owe, yeah. I owe a debt of gratitude to Jim Brocker and just the art of hinge cutting. He wrote a book on, you know, falling trees, hinge cutting, all of that. I've never, I haven't read that book, but, uh, you know, a lot of people look up to Jim Brocker. He's out of Michigan. I don't know exactly where in Michigan, but he's out of Michigan, and I have a great deal of respect for him. Yes. I see a lot of guys, you know, that are starting up like I did just in the recent years, starting their own business. Um, Colin Koskinen out of Michigan, you know, a great young man. He's being mentored by Jim Brocker. Um, Dylan Lentz, he's a videographer for Jeff Sturgis, but he's going out and doing um, – property management plans, hunting strategy plans for clients um, through Jeff Sturgis's business. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, it's not it's not about competition. We're, we are our only competition that we have, and I wish all of these guys the best that are getting into this business because there's a need for guys like us mm-hmm. to share our hunting experiences and bringing a different perspective to the clients that we serve. And uh, what, what I want to add into it, it's like, well, you bring in value. You, you're at year five. Yeah. There may be a year one there that's like, there's somebody that, 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 that want you, Ryan. Absolutely. But your, your schedule's so big that you can't do it. But now you can find, like, you, there's, there's, yeah. a, there's a young guy coming up. It's a year one. It's like, I'll give you guys number right here. He lives in your area. He's very nice. Because that's the best part about it. It's like people need 
assistance all across the world, all across the country. But it's like you may live in Osseo, but somebody needs help all the way down in, in Keokuk, Iowa. And it's like, well, the, well, hey, I know somebody lives over just over in Illinois yeah, that absolutely. can make the trip in just a matter of hours absolutely. where it's going to take me six just to get down to you. Absolutely. And and that being said, too, you know, it's not that I can't make it to Iowa, but maybe my schedule conflicts. Doesn't allow it to, yeah, because cl- yeah, we're, we're, our schedule like, we've been trying to book this appointment for weeks, and it's like, oh, yeah. you, like I knew once the everything started thawing that you're gonna be even more difficult and managed to, to have you come down to my my home and break bread and have this conversation was is, is a blessing yes absolutely you know and I've been blessed you know to build this business like I have I've been you know of course Wisconsin I've been all over the state of Wisconsin all over the state of Minnesota um, Iowa Missouri Illinois Indiana Michigan of course Michigan you know Big high pressure state, if there ever was. Guys, Pennsylvania's even Pennsylvania. bigger too. Yep. Have you worked I, out in Pennsylvania? I yet? have not worked in Pennsylvania yet. Um, I guess I've done a couple little video walkthroughs where clients actually, and I didn't charge them anything for it. You know, it was a Saturday or Sunday thing. These guys went out. You know, we either FaceTime or. Um, Facebook Messenger, whatever, via video and just yeah. video their properties. So in a way, I've been in Pennsylvania, I guess you could say, had a little influence out there. Um, Kentucky, I've been to Kentucky physically, all the way out to Vermont. I've got a client, on Lake, he's right on Lake Champlain. Yeah, you told me about that. Is that the one in Virginia, right, that had like that 800 some, or is that? Uh, Vermont. Vermont, there we yep. go. Yes, I was. Tw- like 1,200 acres, something like that. Yeah, that that's, has. yeah, because I wanted to do a podcast afterwards, but then your yep. schedule got so hectic. Absolutely, it did. Um, I got hooked in with an outfitter at that time, and that just took the rest of my fall away that year. Um, but yeah, you know, I've done all the way down far south as Louisiana, now Georgia. You know, I'm very, very, very blessed for where this business has gone. I didn't believe, I, I believe that it could happen, but I never imagined where I would be just five years later. And that's yeah. a relatively short period of time. And, you know, I thank the good Lord every morning. You know, I even go down through and I write out what I'm thankful for every morning. And my my business and my clientele that I've built in just that five years is part of my gratitude every single morning. I write out my gratitude. And like you were alluding to earlier, writing out what your goals are every day, putting it on paper. I write out my I have my list of goals set on um, a dry erase board, but I still write them out physically on paper every morning, and it keeps me focused. And it's as simple as that, what you want. If you just simply write out, and how I write it is, I'm so happy and grateful now that I set a date, you know, a date in the future that I've achieved what I want to achieve, and it allows me now to own such and such, you know, okay, it's a material thing, but it's what I want. Yeah, but it's a, that's a goal that's motivating. It pushes it, you towards Absolutely. Like, like when you bought your truck last year and you, and you paid like almost like 40% down on it, like something ridiculous, but you put your mind to it and you achieved I, it. I put my mind to it. You know, um, I think Bruce Hutchin and his book had a lot to do with that, going through his workbook. Um, and I've told Bruce that, and it gave me a greater focus on what I really wanted how I could um, generate the income 
other than just a single source of income to be able to not only pay my bills and make sure my family was fed and everything yeah. was right, but to also buy that truck with 40 to 50% of the money down on it already. Mm-hmm. You know, and my next big goal is to have my home and the property that we live on to have that paid off in 15 years rather than 30 years. And I think and I believe that I can have it paid off even sooner. Yeah. And anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. It's just how bad do you want to do it? How bad do you want it and how bad do you want to do it? This also comes down to where how you want to invest your money because it's a simple interest loan. Yep. So, But also some people will say, well, why don't you put that to it like a universal indexed life insurance policy? Because this way then you could take the money you're paying down on that, put it in that. So this way then in 20 years' time or 10, 15 years' time, well, now all that money instead of putting in there, well, now that that is now an accruing interest. But then again, yes. that also motivates you. Is like, well, now I can if I can accomplish – both. Yes. That's where something people don't like where, where Dave Ramsey fails is like you could do X and you can do Y. It's just now it's between the, the defined factors W. What can you do to achieve both goals of this? Because then that's like, but also now remember, you're not only you're not a single income family. Right. You're a two income family. So like what can we do to balance this out to achieve both goals? So this way yes. then when you're in your um, 50s, like 50s and 60s, you're, you're now you can take your consulting business down to doing only only a handful of events a year, Absolutely. but those those uh, properties are going to be not they're not going to be cheap because you you're, yeah. you you now have the skill set to be able to set down look and look at their entire topographical map is like you do X Y Z and, and or do A A through Z and you then you could you could tell them why what A does what B does and yep. but then you can when you get to Z now they see the full picture of Absolutely. this property. Absolutely, and how it all comes together, you know and. We got off subject there again a little bit, but it all brings me back to the this 2021 long form conversation. Absolutely. I follow my dopamine. I'm Alex Jones in, yeah. in, a, in a tinfoil. Or the, I'm consi- I consider myself the, the tinfoil hat outdoorsman. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and you know it, but it all leads back to my 2021 season. Yes, and you know, 2021 was such a blessing. I was able to, in the spring of 2021, a year ago, to have my five year old son in the turkey blind with us, with a very good friend of mine, Mike Markowitz. Um, I call him the turkey whisperer during turkey season because that guy is just phenomenal. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him for a number of years now. We met through a mutual a mutual friend of ours, and uh, Mike and I have hit it off, and he's yeah. become one of my best friends. And we took my five-year-old, James, we took him turkey hunting last year. He was age four. He'd been deer hunting with me in ground blinds in the past. The most patient child I've ever met in my life and I think that all maybe stems back to I'm not going to say this to brag that I'm the most perfect parent in the world but I think it just kind of comes down to I've never had a screen in front of his eyes so he's fully engaged you know we've we've watched hunting shows together especially with kids involved in the hunts and stuff and I I started taking him out in the blind with me just before he turned three years old in 2019. And I didn't know how it was going to go. We sat for two hours. The kid never made a sound. Yes, we talked, but he never got loud. He knew what we were doing. And he's been that way. We took him turkey hunting last year. Mike let him run the box call a little bit. We sat in the blind from 2 o'clock in the afternoon till 7 o'clock. Yes. It was 82 degrees that day. Ooh. So you can just about it imagine in a blind, 
with the sun beating down on you because we're in the middle of a field. And turkey hunting with a ground blind, you don't need to have the ground blind concealed. Turkeys are so goddamn stupid. Yeah, yeah. You know, Boy, they, they, they sure make us frustrated. Oh, they do. <laughs> you know, I've, I've sat behind a turkey fan and stalked birds yeah. just behind a turkey fan. Uh-huh. And I've had tremendous success. I think I'm like 11 for 12. Wow. Just behind a turkey fan sneaking up on these birds. Yeah, see, but I'm, that's I'm, just to show you, you don't need to be completely concealed like you would if you're deer hunting. Deer you know, hunting, elk hunting, and stuff like that, because yep. there's a lot of... But if you're in a blind, you know, it's something... A deer can kind of decipher something that's out of place in their environment, where a turkey, his mind, I don't think is really contingent. He knows what his environment is, but I don't think it's as developed as a deer's mind is but whatever that's oh keep in mind also too like turkey's lifespan is much shorter than a whitetail because a whitetail can uh, a mature old whitetail can maybe get to ten and a half maybe eleven half if they're lucky a turkey maybe three and a half years old yeah if he's really lucky absolutely but go again we had james in the stand or in the blind with us mike was letting him run the box call every once in a while seven o'clock a tom or a hen finally appeared in the field and the Tom right behind her. James run that box call, and that, of course, we had a we had a strutter decoy out in front of us. When that bird finally seen that strutter decoy, I mean, it was right now. Here he come. I thought James was gonna get really excited, and he and he did. Yeah. But I thought he would get loud and excited, you know, screaming and hollering or whatever. Mike was able to pull the trigger on that bird, and then James let loose with excitement. Oh, it that's It was the so greatest warming. thing to have him with and you know doing habitat work on my own property mike would come down and help me with it um and he had bought an ar platform 556 caliber okay and you know a nice lightweight platform adjustable stock and everything on it and james was with us one one afternoon and mike's like do you think he could handle it would you let him shoot it you know and I thought, well, yeah, it's a light gun. We can adjust it to him. And if five five six doesn't kick that much, n- I mean, I got, I built no. a brand new one. I'll show you. I'll sure. show you after the conversation. Okay. Absolutely no recoil. How did you do it? I sat down on the ground and I kind of cradled James between my legs, and I kind of rested the gun on my knee and held it for him. And I'm just like, see the crosshairs in the scope? See the little red dot in the middle of the in the middle of the crosshairs? Yeah. yeah. You put that right on the orange target, right on the orange dot, the bullseye. He pulled the trigger. Can I do that again? <laughs> Just the, ex- he, oh, man. To see that kid's face light up, you know, he shot 22s in the past, 22 Magnum. And that 22 Magnum has got some, it, it isn't going to blow your shoulder off like a three-inch Magnum shotgun shell with turkey yes. load. Yeah. But uh, the 22 Magnum does have a little bit of kick, more kick to it. It didn't even kick like that for him. Shot again. Anytime Mike would come down to help me with something or yeah. just to show up, come down, whatever, he'd always bring that gun with. And James, if James was with, we'd let him shoot it. And he got used to it. He got comfortable with it. I got comfortable with James shooting that gun and being a, a marksman with that gun. He developed a very good marksmanship with it. So when rifle season rolled around in 2021, in the state of Wisconsin, we don't have a minimum age limit on when a child can purchase or tag. Yes, they have to be with a, ment- a licensed mentor hunter. Yes. Somebody with a license to go out 
But he was, you know, we bought him a tag. I was very confident in his ability and his discretion and his ability to deal with death. He knows the difference between life and death and what taking a life means. Because you are taking a life, and you are, but he knows what it means, and he understands that deer have to be managed, and uh, I think we need to get back to that reality of what hunting is all about. Um, but on the second day of Wisconsin's rifle season, we were sitting in the stand, and I had the intention of, you know, pulling steak at noon and going back, you know, and getting lunch or whatever. Yeah. And as we were packing up, lo and behold, in the food plot walked this little nubbin buck if you will buck fawn okay and i'm like there's a buck fawn there can i shoot it well if you really want to well it's a buck dad isn't it and i'm like well yeah you're absolutely right it is a buck it's just a buck fawn well i think i can get him he's only i let him look through the rangefinder. he's only 32 yards uh-huh. i think you can make that shot he shot Game over. He dropped it right in its tracks. And the light that came over that kid's face and the joy yeah. was something of you know that every father needs to experience. I'm not saying you got to go out and kill deer to have that kind of an experience. But for me, it put... Now, I have two older sons that have shot deer and turkeys in their life, and it was a game changer for me. They're my stepsons. When it was my own flesh and blood, Yeah. now I understood what it was like for my dad when I took my first deer at 12 years old. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could, it's, yeah, I know what you mean now for, you know, and it's all, it's never been about me for what I do for my business. It's always been about my family, but that really put it into perspective. This isn't about you. Now I'm not, don't get me wrong. I still love to go out and pursue the whitetail deer for myself. But when it's a kid or a client, you know, my own child or yeah. a client, their kids, whatever, that's the greatest satisfaction in the entire world when I start getting pictures at the end of hunting season of the success, not necessarily killing anything, but sending me trail camera photos of bucks that were on their property during the season, the bucks that they did kill, of course, that's and that's a great selling point for me for selling my business, letting the clients sell my business for me. Yes. Boy, that Very really true. takes the pressure off of advertising when other clients share their success and mentioning me in their posts, whatever, you know, and it's I think that's what's gotten me the most reach. You know, I hardly have to advertise anymore, paid advertising. I do I still do it, but most of the clients that I get nowadays are referrals. And that you know, not to boast, but that says something for what the value I bring to my clients. Mm-hmm. And but as a, as a from a from, from a former advertising sales rep, it's always good to have both forms coming in. Absolutely, this way, then you're always drumming it up. Now we are running up to like two. It's two forty five, and you you told me you have a deadline to get home. So yeah. I think we're coming down to a culmination of a good point to actually end the podcast because yeah. that is a very rewarding spot. Like now for those who have been listening to this two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour-long podcast here, you can hear all the self-development, and now it gets to seeing all of your hard work paid off through you seeing your youth. Like, I try, I took Sophia to a Shields here in, in, in Rochester, and like maybe I get her interested in, in doing crossbow hunting. Because it's yes. like, crossbows aren't too expensive. No. And so it's like, well, then, then she came, then she told me, 
that she's I'm just I just don't have the patience for it. it's like perfectly understandable. It's like you know I'm not gonna force it on you. Exactly. And it's like if you if and, but she likes fishing, so it's like yep. I will I will continue helping her find her dopamine and going from there. Absolutely. You know what? My 15 year old son, he's that way. The last couple of years, it's been like you know, Dad, I'm just I get so bored with it. It's just not fun for me anymore. And it's like, hey. I'm not going to pressure you into doing anything you don't want to do. Because he may want to find come back when he's 20, 25 or twenty eight, and like, yep. hey, let's go out hunting again. I, I ask him every season. You know, do you want to? Do you want to hunt? No, not really. Now this this winter, when it came to applying for spring turkey season for um, the fall bear hunts that we have here in Wisconsin, yeah, I asked him, do you want to apply for spring turkey season? Yeah. You can apply for me, but make it, you know, one of the later seasons so it's warmer because he can't stand the cold. Ah, okay. He's going to be one of those kids that when he graduates high school or college, you know, he's going to end up somewhere down in the southern states somewhere. He's not a, he's not a snowbird. Um, he's, he's not, he's not a, a cold-weather He's not a cold-weather fan. For, He'll yes. be a snowbird. He will be a snowbird. snowbird. Yeah, he wants to go down south. That's yep. how I was in my early 20s. Exactly. But I just like, and, I'm tired of the snow. So yep. I like, I want to go someplace snowboard. Okay, fine. You know, you, you go do, you live your life. Don't live the script I want you to live. You live your own script. But anyway, you know, I was, I was surprised. I didn't force him. I didn't go and apply for a turkey permit for him, you know, despite his own will. He said, yeah, apply for me, but make sure it's a later season. Well, okay, do you want to apply for a fall bear tag? Yeah, I think that would be fun. It'd be cool to have a have a rug or a full-body mount or a half-body mount bear in my bedroom. I think okay. that'd be pretty cool. Okay, so he drew his spring turkey tag, and first year ever applying for a bear t- fall bear tag, he drew. Oh, that's awesome. That's exciting. Both of my older boys oh, really? drew. Because you, you uh, got drawn last year, didn't I, you? No, I got drawn in 2020. 2020, I, okay. I did not apply in 2021. No points. I applied this year for fall 2022. Yeah. And usually, in my experience, you you apply one year, you get a point, and that point carries over to the next year, and then you would draw again. It's So it's like every two or three years you would get a tag. I didn't apply last year. I didn't have any points banked. I drew this year. I think the zone we're in, what zone are we in? I think it's E that we're in down here, Jackson County. Okay, I'm not it, familiar. Yeah, then. I think it's zone E. I think they, and I heard the rumor, too, that they upped the quota, so that's probably why all three of us, first, basically first-time applicants again, especially my boys, first-time applicants. I think that's why we drew. Okay. So now I'm scrambling to find multiple places to bait for this summer to hopefully at least one of us mm-hmm. get a bear in. But I don't want to burn out just one bait station. I want to have at least three different bait bait areas out there. You know, I've got one prop. I don't bait on my own properties because they're for deer, and I tend to keep them that way. But I do have a friend right in the area of where our property is, that is allowing us by permission to set a bait a bait station and it's where, it's a travel corridor that the bear use quite a bit okay because it's it's um, not heavy white pine but there's a lot of mature white pine in this creek bottom All so right. you know early season like that throughout the summer early season it uh, it's cooler it's darker in there it's it's secluded it's where they the bears feel the most comfortable. Um, 
it's been a great area. We've baited in in the past. We've had several bears through there. I've, like I said, it's a major bear travel corridor. I always, have always seen at least one bear every year in that area. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking for other sites as well, other places. So if anybody listening, if you're in the Black River Falls, Jackson County, Trumple County areas, Buffalo County maybe, um, I got three of us, especially two young boy, two young sons, 15 and 18, that are looking for a place to hunt this year. And yeah. if you wouldn't mind, feel free to reach out to me, and we'll get you your, my contact information here toward the end of the podcast, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, the, the, well, you've been on here enough, so it's like go ahead and spit your digits and go from there. And then um, I can introduce you to uh, Mike Flugi. He lives – oh, where does he live? Well, but he's he's known for bear. Yeah, he, he's he's a bear guy. He awesome. typically goes up north. Okay, but I'm sure he may have some recommendations in the area sure, that he can sure. point you to. Yep. That'd be great. That'd be great. Anyways, uh, go um, best ways to find you on the interwebs. Okay, I am on Facebook, Epic Whitetail Habitat LLC. Um, my own personal Facebook page, of course, Ryan Nordahl. Um, I'm on Instagram, Epic Whitetail Habitat. I'm on YouTube, Epic Whitetail Habitat, LLC. Um, I have an educational channel there on YouTube. Um, I do have a website, but right now we are under reconstruction, so it's not available. My wife is up restructuring everything, and God bless her heart for the um, website designs that she does, not only for me, but um, a couple area organizations that she's involved with. She's developing their websites, and I pray to God that she takes it to the next level and creates a business out of it. Yeah. Just for the experiences she got that she has and the value uh-huh. that she can bring to other people. But uh, anyway, um, you can contact me directly via phone, 715-299-0134, text or call. Um, and, of course, my email, epicwhitetailhabitat at gmail.com. There we have it, folks. Well, this has been a very powerful conversation. I appreciate everybody that's listened to the very end here, but we had a lot of value in this, and I'm hoping these these words hit your soul the way it has for, for us, and uh, look forward to hearing more about you guys out there. Thank, Thank you, you, Jeff. Thank you, Ryan, for coming down. You bet. Thanks for having me, buddy.